Welcome to episode 304 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 304 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good, and you? I'm, I'm really good as well. Yeah, you're in a mild sort of state of panic there for a second. I, I, I thought I'd lost something on the computer, but I had it and it's right here in front of me. But I'm sore, John, and I'll tell you about that later on in the show, but my legs are very sore today. Okay, I'm, I'm feeling it for you. Yep. Are you sore? I'm not too bad. I'm okay. Mm, how's yep. your training going? It's okay. Exercise every day, which is good. Good. Well, this week's show, guys, we've got a big show coming up. I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com Tasty, tasty, tasty. Athlinks.com Friends, friends, friends. And Extreme Endurance. Fast, fast, fast. There we go. It's a bit different, wasn't it? Yeah. Nice. Got a big, got a big, we've got a big recording session in front of us. It's currently 6.30am in New Zealand right now. And we've got about 20 hours of recording in front of us, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, we've got another Legends of Triathlon podcast coming out soon. And we're, we're pre-recording a month early today. Yeah. So this week on the 1st of April, April Fool's Day, John. Yes. On the 1st of April, we're going to be re- releasing the Greg Welsh yes. interview we did, which is brilliant. Hey? It was really, Yeah, really, really great interview. And uh, we're going to be releasing that on this Sunday because it's the 1st. And then we're recording Mike Pig for next month's show today. Mm. And then we've also got an interview with Felix today, mm-hmm. and we've got the Joycenator on the show as well. Yes, and we're going to find out from the Joycenator whether she likes Joycenator, Joycetron, or whether she dislikes both of them, and we'll, we'll roll with what she's happy with. Oh, John, Joycenator, where does Joycetron come from? Her sister, Katie. Oh, so now it's us the family. Mm. You always go with blood, John. Okay, well, we'll blood find out. Blood is thicker than water. We'll find out what she likes. <laughs> Okay, well, we've got some news, we've got uh, the interviews, and we've got a website of the week, and questions and answers at the end. So anyway, big weekend this weekend, guys. First time ever we've had the first Asia-Pacific Championship, I suppose. Is that what they call it? That's what they're calling it. You know, last year we had, we've had the European Championship in Frankfurt. Um, we've had uh, North American Championship, I think they had in Texas last Texas year. Texas last year, yep. So first time, first race uh, in Melbourne, and it was a... Bloody strong field, so well done on them getting a, an awesome field uh, together. Uh, I watched a, a, a re- on and off. I watched the coverage during the day, and uh, they did a really good job with the. I couldn't get it working. It frustrated me. Yeah, because they had you needed Microsoft Silverlight. Yeah, and I downloaded it, which was meant to work on a Mac, but it wouldn't work. Oh really? Interesting. Yeah, and I tried it quite a few times, so I couldn't get any like video coverage. I was the updates I was checking out, but the the, 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 li- the live coverage is basically Konos. Kind of standard coverage, but probably not quite as good as Kona. Um, but they did; they, they certainly lifted their game in terms of the coverage. You know, live ca- cameras all day. They had a, the commentary team were at the uh, in a in studio, sort of at the finish line, yep. and it was basically Greg Welsh and Michaeli Jones most of the day. And then they had a few other random people coming in. But it was good. They inserted interviews and stuff. Once when I went back, they sort of did a wrap of the first two hours of the race. So yep. I'm, I'm not sure if they were doing that regularly, but I think that would be a really good thing to know. Goodness, I'm losing already. Um, like if they did hourly updates, you know that would because yeah. you don't want to sit there and watch an Iron Man for nine hours. Really, most people. I but have. If you, if you good well, have, at home in my own bedroom, but that's okay. It'd be nice to come back. You know, if you knew you could come back on the hour each hour, and they did a five minute wrap. But no, overall the coverage was good. I thought the text coverage was was pretty poor. They didn't seem to be getting it updated very well. Yeah, well, to be honest, I only went at the end of the day, so I can't be too you know 
have too much of an opinion on it, but I went back and, you know, pretty much after the males race had finished, they kind of didn't do much more, mm. you know, whereas normally they'll do stories going right through to like the 17 hour mark. So, um, but yeah, but I, again, I, I didn't really follow it that so, closely. So I, I flicked it on um, yeah, about nine o'clock New Zealand time and uh, which is seven o'clock in Australia to check, check it out. And uh, they were just talking about the swim and they, they were showing the, the footage uh, of where the swim was and I was like, Surely they haven't started yet. It was pitch black. Oh, really? <laughs> all the street lights were on, all the lights were everywhere. It was pitch black. And some usually cameras make it look a bit darker than what it really is. Yeah. But it looked pitch black. And, <laughs> and, and does feedback say that it was? Feedback says it was very dark. And we, we know from Ironman New Zealand, when we've been up and done that, you're standing around in the start, start sort of area before the race, and it's dark. And but, yeah, the but sun up comes up, quickly, yeah. boom, like at about 6.55 or so, and then, yeah. the, and then you start at 7, so it's a very last-minute thing. But this is a few weeks later than Ironman New Zealand, it's on probably that same latitude, and uh, and it was dark. <laughs> so they were swimming in the dark and the, well, the comments we, we, were... We'll talk about a bit of feedback soon, but that was one of the comments that, you know, for a first-year race, there was always going to be a few hiccups, but overall it was pretty good, but definitely the swim start was a bit messy. Mm. And the other thing I noticed is they might have gone out Al, Al Budjo on the swim caps. Oh, really? <laughs> you, I was watching Joycey swimming along. She was w- w- leading the uh, the women's race, and her swim cap was right up on her, above <laughs> her forehead. And then and then they cut to a uh, a shot of the guys, and like basically none of the lead pack of guys had swim caps on. So oh, really? Must have all just come off. Interesting thing on the swim start for the for the pros was that there was a two-minute split between the men and the women, and I'm not sure if they've ever done that before, but that was interesting, and we'll get a bit of feedback with regards to whether that um, was the case. And I'm not sure whether the start was delayed or not, but I think the, 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 the pros ended up starting at 7, and I'm pretty sure the age group has started at 7.15. Um, okay, well, maybe they're going for the Kona model because it's the championship race. Yeah, but it was, uh, yeah, it looked like nice swim conditions. Swim times indicated to me that it was fairly accurate. You know, the top yep. guys were coming out in 45 minutes for, for a wetsuit swim. The, 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 the main pack was coming out in 47, and then you had the likes of Crowey and that coming out in, in about 50. So that indicates to me it's it's, it's about, about right, right yep. um, which is good. And it seemed like the swim conditions were really good. The bike, um, the, the footage that I saw of the bike was that... Um, it was it was Kona style pack riding. You know, it looked from from what I could see of the the helicopter shots of the pros, they were riding legally, but it was Kona style riding. You know, you're in a big pace line. I'm sure there would have been plenty of freewheeling, plenty of surging in and out of the draft zone. Um, but that's the uh, the way pro races are these days. Um, and the Especially run, if you're going to get a strong field, mm, you know, mm. if it's a, if it's a typical kind of C grade Ironman now. You might get one or two guys who can take off, and it's you know. But when you've got a field of this level, you're going to yep. get the good guys staying together, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Mm. And uh, you did have Clayton Fatel. He was off the front hammering mm. um, for for much of the ride, but the, he was really just sitting out there to fry. He was you know two to three minutes out front, and then uh, the pack just slowly sort of reeled him in. And uh, I don't actually know where he finished because he's not in the top ten. But he didn't look like he was getting his nutrition. And you know, the time that I was watching, he was just sitting there hammering it, and he had a drink one drink bottle of water behind his seat, and that was about it. Um, and then the run was uh, was point to point, and and uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why it makes the 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 live coverage, the texting and stuff, so so much more difficult. Because then you know you just yeah. you, you haven't got any out and backs to sort of get split times and stuff, so that makes it harder um, for them. The, the, the Although if they've got video cameras and stuff, surely. You know, if you've got live so. coverage, then you can get someone even just watching live coverage through some text. It's just it's just extra manpower. Yeah. Um, but it, but it is harder. And that when you're doing point to point races, you 
always going to have logistical nightmares in a first year race. It's going to. It was. I think it was a bit of a challenge. Yep. When I was watching the live coverage, um, uh, it seemed quite narrow on some of the pathways. But the feedback is that that didn't seem to be too much of a problem. Um, the one thing that I saw Cam Brown commenting and somebody else also commented that for the first, I don't know, maybe 15k of the run, I think you're on the road after the, the first one or two k was on track, and then you're on a road and there's quite a strong camber on it, which um, for some people a find what? a camber. What's you know, a camber? So, so the road sort of the, oh the of, angle of the road yeah oh, so okay. sound so that's um, for some people so your body angle is working against yourself which can be a disadvantage yeah, yeah. And for some people it can really hurt their knees and ankles yeah, and stuff totally. so yeah. Um, yeah so overall um, the results side of things um, oh no Leander Cave racing which was uh, when went us I don't know why that was and, and Greg Bennett really did nothing so so do we have we heard much about his thoughts on the race post race. No, I, I checked his. Uh, I just went Greg Bennett Twitter, checked it, and he said oh, it was it was as, every bit as hard as expected. But really, I'm wondering if he if he did just go through and tick the box because there's nothing wrong with that. But his, you know, he came out in the swim 47, and then I think he rode um, like. I can't, I have to check the splits, but he he did over just over nine hours, and for a guy of his caliber on a course that was pretty quick, yep. um, I think he probably just going through at not a an easy pace, but uh, so you think he was just trying to get to Kona? Well, it's I mean, because he only has to verify, doesn't he? He does. So mm. he's, he's in Kona now. So I'm wondering if he just saw go through here, put on a you know a steady performance, but a guy of his caliber to be um, I don't know 30 minutes or so behind the first girl. Uh, yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him to being a, still being a contender in Kona. Mm. Um, and I think he well, maybe he didn't want to play his cards. Exactly. You know, Who knows? It's all a game. John. He ran over three hours, and you know he's a quality runner. Yeah. So unless he exploded on the bike, I think he probably raced within himself. So. So the race. So 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 I didn't really come into the piece <laughs> until real late on, and, and always I saw that it was Ken Brown and Alexander going head to head. Really, it basically turned out to be a big pack ride. You know that the, the what was interesting was those guys were down out of the swim, so they you know you have all the likes of Freddie Van Leer, um, Luke Bell. You know they were coming out sort of forty seven and a half, and then I saw. No Crowy, and I, I didn't expect to see Brownie there, but those guys were, were several minutes down coming out of the swim, and they they rode up the front. So Cam Brown had the fastest bike split of the day at 4:24, um, and what we've got to factor in here, and the feedback that I got, and this has been from two different people, bike course 184, 185 k's, so they rode 4:24 on a course that's four to five k's long. But in saying that, we did hear it's pancake flat, like glass for like 170 k's. In, in terms of incredible yeah, surface. Yeah, beautiful riding. So. so, but but you know, you take four or five k's off there. I don't know that he's, um, you know, it's sub 420. Yeah, that's that's moving it, really mm. moving it. So if, obviously those guys had to work a bit to catch the bunch, and then the bunch kind of been mucking around too much because they obviously rode up to Clayton Fatel, and there were guys that were get were getting dropped. But basically a reasonable size pack came off the bike together. Um, I think there was there was one guy off the front, and I think it was Marco Albert off the front just a little bit, um, but the rest of them came off, and then it basically just became a war of attrition on the run. Well, it was and nice because you had good runners too. You know, like you had yeah. some of the best runners in the game out there. You know, Know, working along, pushing each other along, weren't they? Yeah, so Cam and Craig Alexander were running shoulder to shoulder um, for a big part of the run, and they, they did so up until around about 34k on the run. Yeah. Um, prior to that, I think... Uh, um, Freddie and, and, and Lanos. Yeah, they yeah. were there and, and looking pretty good. Craig Alexander put a little bit of a burner on Cam Brown and got a bit of a gap at one stage, and then um, Brownie came back to him. But then I was actually watching the footage when he, when he cracked him, and he just ran... He just 
pulled away a little bit and then it went out to about 50 metres and then it just got bigger and bigger and uh, he looked like he was he was running hard, you know, um, Craig Alexander was really going to be... How game fit would Alexander be right now? Because you think about Cam, Cam didn't have a great Kona, so he didn't really have, you know, he probably would have came back from Kona, had a bit of downtime, he always takes that month off, but then I imagine Cam was pretty fit for New Zealand, you know, he was probably pretty peak for New Zealand, New Zealand was obviously unfortunate, didn't happen, so he came to Melbourne, whereas Alexander, how game fit do you think he would have been? Well, you got to put it into... A, Context: so He did seven fifty seven on a course that was pretty fast. You know, you yep. got a lot of fast times there. And in Kona, he went eight oh three, so only yep. six minutes quicker. Yes, we know, now know the bike course is potentially a bit longer. So let's let's call it sort of, you know, low seven fifties versus an eight oh three. You know, his performance in Kona would be well above that. So he suffered a bit with that that swim, and he ran two thirty eight. I think the conditions were very good. I think you know he's got the potential to be running say. 235-ish, maybe even quicker. Yep. So pretty fit, but 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 he Not didn't peak, he, he didn't peak. crush them. Yeah. yeah, he didn't crush them. It was pretty close racing. You, you're going to fix your throat there again. What, you yeah. need to go to a doctor about that. I think. Well, you can talk. You're losing no, but, your voice every second week. But I scream all the time. You just, I'm just saying. You just yeah. you maybe go see a doctor. I'm just looking, caring for you. Thank you. So the splits of that. Well, two interesting things of the day. So a 39 year old won the race, and a 40 year old. I don't, it's Brown. I don't know if he's clicked over the 40, but he obviously has. 40 year old. 39 first, 40 and second. I think we're seeing that in the sport, but don't we? If we look, we've got Macca the year before, Crowe last year. You know, like Lance Armstrong. Yeah. You know. So obviously, maybe it's the science of the sport you know we know how to look after our bodies better the nutrition's better nowadays a big part of it is base you know you look at these guys Aniko Lanos he would have been racing since he's a junior he's 36 now um, Cam Brown has been full-time athlete now for probably about 23 24 years yeah. so they've got a massive amount of base okay so question about Cam Brown Cam Brown didn't do New Zealand this year because you know we did the 70.3 got fourth wasn't it third third okay yep so, yep. so you know obviously thought well go to Melbourne will he go to New Zealand next year because uh, how much how much would he got paid here? Well, it was twenty five grand for first, so I can't remember exactly, but uh, let's call it fifteen. Yeah, and what's yeah. New Zealand now? Um, Seven, yeah, maybe eight and a half. New, uh, eight and a half, I think. Eight and a half US for Cam. It's obviously exposure in New Zealand, so maybe Big it's sponsor, sponsorship dollars. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see what he does. Yeah. Mm. So splits for for Brown uh, for Crowey swim fifty minutes bike four twenty four run two thirty eight for a seven fifty seven for forty four. Unlucky for Brown, he, he obviously wasn't getting enough feedback on the run course because he said he didn't realise he was so close. Eight hours and twelve seconds, yeah, gutted. Yeah, and uh, Freddie Van Laird was eight oh one twenty six. So coming and then fourth, Nico Lanos eight oh two. So coming into that final few k's, you know, there was only one or two minutes covering um, second through through to uh, through to fifth. So Brown, he did have to keep the pressure on, but I bet he's gutted that he didn't go twelve seconds quicker. Now that's got to be the fastest New Zealander now, isn't it? It is because yeah. Richard Usher, I think, was, was maybe eight oh. 3803 yeah, something yeah. like that so it's good that brownie's got that record because he is by far the best ironman we've ever had by a, by a country mile yeah um okay so then the girl side of things we had carolyn stephan one other one i've got to give a bit of a plug here but arnett's oh, okay. uh swam 55 so he rode the whole ride by himself and he was in 10th place ran 242 to run himself up to 10th nice, nice good run there bart okay girl side of things so we had carolyn stephan take it out in, in a pretty solid race Amazing, just drilled it all yeah. day long. So she uh, she was a little bit about and, and let's be honest, this was you know without Chrissy being there this year for the Kona. This is Kona's Kona, Kona race, isn't you it? Know, top six girls there are all you know top teners and have all had top tens in Kona. Yeah. So pretty outstanding day. So she was a minute down out of the swim on Joycey. Joycey came out with uh, two or three other girls and. Uh, 
bit surprised Caroline Stephan was, was down, but then these two teamed up on the bike and uh, Joycey hung on to her for, for quite a long time, like I think at least halfway, if not to three-quarter mark on the bike. And they were just crushing everybody. Really, absolutely crushing nice. it. I think she came off the bike, and and she was uh, she was ended up being seven. It was either seven or nine minutes up on Joycey off the bike, and they were twenty two minutes up on the likes of Joe Lorne, nine minutes. Yeah, Joe Lawn, Gina Crawford, Rebecca Keat, and uh, and Miranda Carfrey. Twenty two minutes. It was massive. They just crushed it. Wow. So and then, but not only did she do that, she went on to run a three oh one twenty two, and apparently the run. Called was from what I've seen so far was pretty accurate. You know, somebody said to me last night, or oh, maybe it was a bit short. And I think the run course. You're looking at the guys' times. You'd say it's pretty accurate. Well, so it was a three-minute PB for her in the run as well. So like she didn't even know how yeah. fast she'd run, and she, they told her at the end, and she was like, "Oh, really? That's a three-minute PB." <laughs> so outstanding day, just off the pace in a swim, crushed it on the bike, and then ran a 301 for an 8:34:51, and. What was annoying, what was frustrating me, and, and I'm almost going into rant of the week here. Here we go. They were going, oh, she's going to go close to the world record. She's 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 on world record pace here, world Ironman record pace. And I was like, no, she's not. You know, she's. I mean, she's, what she's do eight nineteen. I yes, think it is in yep, right. Yep. But they were talking about her time in, in Ironman South Africa. So they've got this. It pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> they they they, they go, don't recognise anything that doesn't happen in their world. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, uh, granted, this it was close to an. Ironman in terms of Ironman world record but uh, WTC record but just ignore it you know it's it's petty it really is petty it, it annoys me sharpen up so outstanding day the 834 um, Rachel Joyce in second 305 we'll hear, we'll hear what she has to say uh, you know she's got the potential to run quite a bit quicker than that um, but still an awesome day for 846 in, uh, in second place miles ahead of third you know Marinda Carfrey um, even if she'd you know she's probably got the potential to run you know, sub two fifty on a on a course like that. Yeah, which is interesting. She obviously had a bad day because, or maybe just she gave up because she knew she wasn't going to win. Because if you look at her time comparing comparison to Caroline's, Caroline did three hundred one. Or then Rini in the run, who's done close to two fifty, isn't she? Well, she's done like two fifty two or three yeah, in, yeah. in Kona. Yeah, so she's done a fast run. She did a 2.58 here, so she was only a couple of minutes ahead of um, Carolyn Stephens, so you kind of go, well, maybe she just got to third and thought, okay, I was brought home. Yeah, because it was very close between her and Joe Lawn. She didn't pass her till fairly late in the piece. So, yeah, I mean... How motivated can you be when you you gotta you, even if you know say she had run two fifty she's still not even she's still gonna yeah. be not even close to second no she, she was thirty minutes behind Karen Stephen yeah thirty so, minutes massive it's smoking so outstanding performance like you wouldn't have picked that even if Caroline you might have gone oh Caroline's gonna win but to beat Rennie by thirty minutes well you know you I mean yeah, totally you know you'd expect her okay twenty minutes massive lead coming off the bike but you expect Miranda Carfrey to run. 10 minutes out of that at least yeah. you know I was saying we were saying last week these girls are going to need 10 to 15 minutes possibly on yeah. here so um, no that's a staggering performance and well I think it's good as well because you know without Chrissy and Kona this year you kind of you know Rini has been the next person for the last few years and, and quite a big gap yeah to, quite to a big gap and, and Caroline was pretty strong in Kona but she kind of just faded in the run and, and she would talk to us about how she had a bit of an injury post but really you know, this year's Kona, it's going to be a great race, isn't it? It is. So uh, she's certainly put herself in a strong position. So Joe Lorne was fourth. Yeah, pretty solid race for her. 9.06 and Gina Crawford in fifth and 9.11. Those girls both been sub-nine, so um, uh, still 
great field. Rebecca Keaton sixth and Jessica Jacobs in, in seventh. So um, good racing. So we've got some feedback from a few of the listeners and Coach Jeff Smith. Um, he has a nickname, doesn't he? What do we call him? Probably call him Coach Jeff Smith. I think no, that's what we went with. I think we called him The Voice. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, he did. The Voice, yeah. yeah. And um, because he's the best voice in podcasting. And uh, basically he was sent us through some notes around some things. you want to go one for one? Oh, no, this was somebody else who sent this through, actually. Oh. This was Karen Sutherland, who went 10.34 on debut in a 19-second no, ever triathlon. I did. Coach Jeff Smith just said that uh, it's the first of WTC's new draft legal races. So, obviously, in the age group category, it was just drafting crazy. Yeah. But, no, Karen had a, had a great day, and he had some of the feedback. He said, you know, they they tried really hard to get the spectators sort of sort of. They had, like, a every 10K, they had sort of a... a block a, where a, people could hang out. Yeah, but the, but the problem was the bus, there was so much traffic congestion, they couldn't actually get there oh, in time. So, he was, okay. his girlfriend... And, uh, uh, and friends and stuff were on the bus and he was actually running along on the road and he was actually running quicker than them so they didn't. They got to the 20k t- uh, stop the same time as him on a bus so that's just traffic congestion apparently that they also had to sh- get all the bikes because it was a split transition all the bikes from the end of the bike leg to the, the finish line and apparently again they had traffic congestion there so they're just teething things but on the whole he said they did a pretty good job you know we've mentioned the swim start was apparently a bit, bit of shambles you know people were like 100 metres in front of the start line and and so um, just a few teething things but he said on the whole um, it was it was pretty good you know bike course measured long um, swim start was a bit of a shambles um, the, apparently the tunnel you know they had this thing that at the, at the bike turn there was like a hill that was apparently 12% he said that was uh, he said that they were pushing it to be calling that 12% <laughs> but on the on the um, the bike he rode through this big tunnel apparently that was pretty pretty funky um, but on the whole he said it was um, wasn't wasn't too bad job you know a few things that can be relatively easily ironed out so if you want a bit more feedback we did get it po- um, I put a post up on Facebook and a number of people did say that well I think one of a couple of other quick things was that um, apparently crowds weren't that big Mm-hmm. Um, which is probably going to happen in a big city, but when you, then you look at Frankfurt, and apparently the crowds are absolutely massive in Frankfurt. So mm-hmm. hopefully Melbourne can kind of get behind this race a little bit more. And I know it's first year, so you can't expect a lot, but you know it'd be awesome if they can get, make that into you know getting a couple hundred thousand people supporting the race. That would be. It's always hard on a point to point as well to get a good crowd. Yeah. You, know? you only get to see them come past once, so that's always going to be a challenge. And I, face. Say, I did see the finishing shoot, and it seemed a bit piss poor. It was just they didn't look like they had a lot of space. It was quite narrow. Yeah, um, yeah. And you kind of because I was I was trying to see Cam finish, and um, eventually I think it was on someone put something on YouTube, and and it was just like oh, it seems a bit of a letdown. Yeah. So um, maybe and also it was up, quite yeah. narrow, which is gonna you have to think about sprint finishes and stuff. Um, not just for the, the pros, more for, for everybody else. When you got a narrow finish shoot, sprint finishes, um, we've seen some issues, you know, in, in races, uh, short course races before. So, um, but on the whole feedback was that it's, it's it, the run apparently very nice and scenic um the bike course you know it's super fast but not particularly scenic when you're riding up and down yeah. the motorway but hey hey if you want a fast bike course this looks like it's a place to go you know what and it's a step in the right direction you know for years we've been talking about oh it'd be great to get these guys racing more outside of pro racing against each other and uh, we had a pretty exciting race last weekend both female and mm. male race because they've done the system now where we have these more next level races and, and that's what we wanted in the sport and early days but step in the right direction drafting on the bike look I think at the end of the day if you're going to go to a race it's mass start you're going to if you've got 2,000 people in it there's going to be drafting on the bike and if you want to have a go to a non-drafting race you either choose a race that's hilly or you choose a smaller race or you choose a race that's got wave starts it's it's just you hear this every single race now drafting oh there's lots of drafting out there if it's a mass start 2,000 people 
it's going to be drafting. But the only thing I struggle with that, John, is that if you get then done for drafting, you're just so unlucky then, aren't you? Because everyone's mm-hmm. going to have to draft at some stage. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, yeah, I remember <clears throat> last time I did wrote the second lap, you know, you're going, because you, you start off as a pro, so you get ahead of the field and you kind of race the whole first lap by yourself. You come in a second lap and you're just passing people all the time. But there's times where you're drafting just because of the situation mm-hmm. and you kind of feel... Like for the people who got done drafting in Melbourne this weekend, if it was a bit of a draft fest, but unavoidable, it's a bit stink if you get done just because you know, like you know what I mean. Like it's. Yep. I think you've just got to. Some people are just so blatant. It's not you know you've got the people that, that try oh, to stay out of draft zone. Yeah. But you've got some people they're literally riding on the wheel, yeah. and, and those people need to be hammered. But I think the thing is. So it's just a hard situation, isn't it? Because some people, I'm sure, got penalised in situations where 90% of the other riders in the field are doing the same thing. The only solution I can see is to go wave starts. Otherwise, yeah. it's just going to stay there. And that's a, that's a real shame for the sport. But hey, you've know, well, you got to ask growth, growth presents new problems, would, would you it? Would you rather have drafting or would you rather and, and just lose the mass start um, or have a, have a slightly fairer race? Mm, what would you prefer? Um well, yeah, I did. We did. We did. Wrote away. It was wave starts there, right, yeah. and, and and doesn't doesn't bother me. I mean, it's it's a lovely spectacle for the spectators to have that one massive big start. But hey, if you had multiple starts, then maybe um, it extends the excitement out a bit at the start. You know, in a perfect world, you know, have a mass start. But we see what they. Yeah, you know, we were at Kona. You see people riding up the hill, uh, up Palani Drive, <laughs> and it's just you know five or six abreast. You know, a lot of people equal standard. Um, it's, yeah. it's just a maths, simple maths equation. You can't have that many people on it's the road at once. It's simple maths teams. It's mm. simple. It's maths 101. Apparently, okay. um, we need we, to go because we 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 we've got to go to an yeah. interview, but uh, apparently ITU have a, have a formula that you put in the number of athletes um, and, in the size of the road it. and stuff, oh. and it tells you you're going to have drafting problems or not. And, uh, and I think if you put it into most big Ironman races, there's going to be problems unless you do wave starts. It always fails. Okay, guys, we're going to be back in two seconds. But we're back from our two-second break, and John, John's telling me something I'm not even sure what he's talking about. So we just had an interview with Mike Pig. You, you, Good you, guy. You'll be able to listen to that in about a month's time. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting ahead of our legend shows, aren't we? But yeah. it's good. It's, it's good all thing. good. So yeah. you'll, you'll hear him soon. But one thing Mike Pig talked about was uh, he had a really forward bike position, and, yeah. uh, and he talked about dancing da- dance, on the saddle, dancing on the saddle, and, and crutch issues and stuff like that. And one way you can get rid of crutch issues is to get yourself a good pair of bit Big bike shorts, Bevan. Oh, nice Do you know who, who does John. big bike, big bike I, shorts? I would never have a clue, John. Who does? SLS Try. OMG. OMG. <laughs> so go to slstry.com, put in the code I am talking at 25% off. They've got some awesome bib shorts there. One thing about their bib shorts is um, they've got the compression side of things. So they're using 40% lycra. I normally only have 20 25%. So you get maximum support of your quads they've got the cool sun reflective and uv protective sort of cold black technology going on so when you're wearing black it's not um, making your heat up a nice little pocket in the back nice and light great gel pad and then free shipping in the us so if you want to get yourself some uh some sls try gear go to slstry.com and put in the code i am talk get 25 percent off and while you're there guys check out their sales page just saying just saying just saying you want to sell you want to deal they've got some deals on their sale page so Big, big result from the weekend was obviously Ironman Melbourne, but we also had Hits Ocala, and Bevan's got the results oh, there. Yeah. Oh, I have. Yes, I have right here yeah. in front of me. And good old Russell Jones took it out in the time of, now wait a second, that's the time it started the race. I've got the race start time there. Nice. 7.14 on dot. And he did it in 11 hour and, oh, let me have a look here, 11 hours and three minutes to nice. win the race. Domino Dojo John. Yes. By over two hours. N- nice. <laughs> by, oh, oh, I was going to say, are we? 
Lando, yeah. and he did a 1307, and then Virgil Scott did a 1443. Not a big field, John. No. Not a big field. Only around 12 competitors. Girls? Well, the two girls. Yep. Yeah. Who won it? We had uh, Megan Lawton, nice. and then Susan Hag took it out as well in second place. Megan did 13, and Susan did 15. And in Clydesdale, we had Robert Vernhurst come in in 1622. But overall field numbers, John? I think they're going to have to improve their numbers for next year. Yeah. I think they're doing okay with the short course, just the iron course. Mm. I wonder if they'll bought it. That would be my, my tip. When John's <laughs> tip of the month. <laughs> <laughs> right. mm. Coming up this week, we haven't really got any iron distance races coming up in the next week or so, but it's going to be interesting to see. This weekend we've got the Memorial Herman Ironman 70.3 Texas in Galveston, and it's our second opportunity to see how um, Lance Armstrong fares, and he's going to have some good competition. So it's uh, I think it's a North American Championship. So... Um, Chris Leato's pulled out, which is a shame because it's always nice to see somebody try to take it to Armstrong on the bike. But you're going to have it's going to be a quality field. You've got Michael Rayler and Tim O'Donnell, who are probably, you know, you say two of the best top five 70.3 athletes in the world. You say Michael Rayler, it's probably, um, you know, the last 12 to 15 months been the best. The best. Yep. Um, so we'll see how Mr. Armstrong well, feels. Well, John, I was thinking this week, actually, and I know it's dangerous when I think, but this week I've thought a lot, actually. But yes. And, and I was thinking that what we need to do, because if you, what does Lance do? He draws a crowd. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to, we should have a segment on the show until Lance does Kona this week in Lance. You can take care of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not yeah. There. No, but but it's a bit more of a piss take than anything. Right. So what we want to do is, if, if you guys hear any information about Lance, Put it on our Facebook page and we'll have our This Week in Lance update. Okay. And there can be anything, because Lance will tweet some crap stuff and, and everyone goes, oh my God, Lance did this. And so I, I thought we could have This Week in Lance and it could be maybe what, each week we just have the one thing on This Week in Lance. Because okay. John, I'm doing it to bring more listeners. Right. Because when you say Lance, <laughs> maybe we should call it I am Lance. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And we'll probably we'll have a million the, more listeners. We'll have so. the trademark attorneys after us again. Yep, exactly. But so so this week at Lance, so what we'll do is on Facebook, if you have anything that's come up about Lance this week, go on our Facebook page, put a little bit of thing on there, and each week we'll have our best This Week in Lance. Okay. You like that? If you do golf, you could have This Week in Tiger. If you've got your own golf podcast. Yeah, you should. He won a tournament yesterday. Who cares? Uh, yeah, I'm, exactly. But, but I'm fascinated that America have forgiven this man who's... Yeah, it's, it's interesting I just find it interesting It's an interesting discussion Yeah let's leave that one It's not a triathlon I could go down that path <laughs> John's ITU update Oh so you so, so we could always go John's ITU update After this week in Lance Yes okay Yeah okay. John's ITU update It was quite a big weekend Last weekend We had the Malulabar ITU World Cup So World Cup is the, the, the Sort of the series Below the World oh, It was the World Championship Series They're calling it Something different this year Um but we had Maka racing again, pulled out on the run. Um, but it was a really nice sprint finish between Laurent Vidal, um, Australian Carter Felt, and the other Frenchy um, David House. And uh, Laurent Vidal, who spends his summer in Christchurch. Yep. And he's Go um, Andrea Hewitt's partner. And uh, he, he dedicated the win to Christchurch. Oh, nice. People of Christchurch, you know, I'm, I'm 49% Kiwi these days, and we've all been through a lot here, and he was dedicating that one. Oh, First win cool. on the circuit for him. Uh, so big win. Big win. It was a good field, and he's uh, he's got a good sprint finish on him, Laurent. And then on the – but interesting to see Mac pull out. So um, what happened? He apparently had a cold or something on the run. Um, he was a bit down in the swim, and uh, but then he, he pulled out on the run. They had a picture of him cheering people on from the sidelines. So, so was he well behind on the bike? 
didn't check that one out. He was about okay. 30, 40 seconds down out of the swim, so I'm not sure if he rode up to the group or not. Erin uh, Denshin won the girls, really dominating performance. The girls, the, the, the Aussies are going to have a real selection issue coming up. And the guys' side of things, you know, the, the third man slot really isn't nailed down very, very, very firmly um, because Courtney Atkinson would have had the inside running on that, but who knows who's going to get now because he's not really performing. And then on the girls' side of things, you've got Emma Moffat. No, Emma, Emma Moffat's already got a slot. Emma Snowstall, defending champion on her day, head and shoulders above everybody else in the world. Didn't really do much last year. She kept getting sick and injured, and then she had to pull out of this race um, before it started. So do you go with the incumbent Olympic champion on the off chance you hoping she might be right or do you put another one of your girls in there and, and Aussies have got you know three girls who could potentially medal there so they've got a few things a bit of thinking to do mm, that is, it's a problem John isn't it it is you, you, you were surfing the net not listening well, no, to what I was saying just checking out Mecca's page to see if he had anything about the race but he didn't next, so, next so what'd you say <laughs> next stop is Sydney and a few weeks time isn't it really it isn't is a big it? one yeah this is the key there's, there's not many Stops left in terms of Olympic qualifying points, so be a lot of scrambling for points. The Brownie and Bro- high quality field as well. Yeah. Brownie brothers aren't racing um, apparently, so uh, it's well, well, anybody's Alistair, money. Is that Alistair who's got the ankle? Uh, K- uh, Kaliza, Kaliza, yeah. 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 I've got a new coach called Lizzie, yeah, and uh, she's she's a pretty awesome runner, and and she did triathlon, and she lived in the same town as them, so she knows them really well. Ah. and she was here on the weekend talking about them. She's lovely nice. boys, nice, lovely boys. Those boys should be taking a bit of. They should have. A, I just got offered a, a tea from um, the lovely Joe who came through and my ble- lovely Joe blessed the studio with her presence. I know, it's beautiful. and uh, we often talk about coffees of why coffee, but coffees oh, oh nice spin there, John. Also nice have tea, nice, and they've got. Uh, I'm gonna pull it up. Different varieties of uh, Molokai Tisan tea. You got the cherry, uh, the, the cherry Tisan. You got the um, hibiscus raspberry. You got the jasmine blossom green tea, lavender. You got lemongrass. You got. Ginger. Where do you find it on the website? Uh, under teas, um, products, products. Teas. Buy teas. online teas. Tisan Molokai style oh, teas. Oh, oh. I think. Yep. There Keep talking, go. John. I haven't really found um, it, but I will find it. And you've got the Mamika, and you've got the Papaya Leaf Vanilla Tisan. Haven't yes. tried, can't, can't vouch for any of these, but they all sound pretty funky and pretty tasty. Lemongrass. So if you've been listening mm. to the show for a long time thinking, I'm just not into coffee, I'd love to support coffees of why, if you don't drink coffee, chance are you probably drink tea. So well, John, do you know my nightly tradition? A cup of tea. <laughs> there you go. I, d- I was hammering you last week. I'm going to take you down again. No, because there's more to it. There's more to it. I have a cup of tea and then four bits of dark chocolate. Oh, well, we haven't heard that one before. No, no, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, I could get some coffees for white tea. And while I'm on the website, get a bit of chocolate as well. There you go. Some just coffee saying, beans. I know. There you go. So if you want to get in a bit of uh, bit of tea, go coffeesofwai.com. Remember our discount codes. I am talk. Do you like flavoured tea? Uh, drink a little bit, but not a, not a great deal. A little yeah. bit. But I know a lot of people drink a lot. Those pommies out there, they drink a lot of tea. And if you want to just experience a slightly different flavour, here's your opportunity. Go to coffeesofwai.com. Cherry Ambrosia. Mm. Oh, Coffees of Hawaii team. Coffees of Hawaii for your greatest tea. You know, this week, our uh, hot topic. Not a lot of people commented. No, John. It was just a no-brainer because it was such a well-thought-out. You think that? Obvious. You think that? I've got some issues because the way that people got confused because you just cut and pasted onto onto Facebook. Cut and pasted what you gave me. No, I had bullet points. No, because Facebook wouldn't let me do bullet points. You just pressed return. You could have at least segregated the lines. No, you can't. You can't. I tried that, John. I did. I don't think you tried hard enough. Well, I did, John. (laughs) It takes me 10 hours after the show. I've got to admit, I went on there and looked at it and it just looked like a big glob. Of, uh, of text and so I think people got confused hey John, and put off John 
you guys listen to the show. You know what John was saying. Mm. Don't don't give me a hard time. So, so the hot topic of the week is brought to you by TrainingPeaks.com, and it was it was a, it was a blinder. It was um, basically, and that's why we had ten responses. It was basically <laughs> my idea of changing the the way you qualify for Kona by stacking the championship events such as Melbourne at the weekend and such as uh, Frankfurt or wherever the championship, regional championships events being. And my rationale was because then that allows a little bit more certainty around going, hey, okay, it's a bit of a lottery going to these races, these, all these different races. There's one spot, there's two spots in our age group. You never quite know how you're going. But if you go to a championship race, A, it's a championship and you can compare yourself against the best, but also you've got a good, you know, you've got a good understanding, right, there's going to be eight slots in my age group. So can, can, I, can I can I read first? Yes. Aaron Ainsby, or who you say that? I love the idea, but I see one major flaw. But his flaw is a good one. I'm hey, taking hey, on board. Hey, 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 just listen. You suggested that your, your IM's position in your age group from the previous year would be used to establish preferential entry into the regional championships. Consider this. I do Ironman New Zealand this year. Great race, do it. And place fifth in my age group. Love it, great race. My friend does Ironman Melbourne, a regional championship race in a stack field and does a similar time yet places 20th due to the better competition. Next year, I qualify for Melbourne as preferential entrant and he doesn't. Your idea is good and I think it would help the popularity of smaller races, but it needs some fine tuning, John. I, I like your feedback, Aaron, and the feedback has been taken on board and so we need to move to maybe a percentage rule. So at any race, um, you finish it with an X percent, and I don't know what that percent would be. Um, and what, so a Melbourne has a better percent? No, it has the same percent. So if you finish, you know, if you finish um, 20th there, you might be within, I don't know, 8% or whatever, and you're 20th, so you get preferential treatment. You finish... Uh, so you're saying because it's a closer fourth, race in yeah, Melbourne. Yeah, you finish fourth at Ironman New Zealand. Um, you might be so far off that you're not, you know. Uh, so I think a percentage rule might work better. So I'm Okay, what else one then? L- Lucy Francis? No! Please keep it simple. Don't mess with the original rules. I envision us poor age groupers having to travel the world like the pros to get points to qualify. Aside from the money that it will cost the majority of us, it will not be enough to take our holidays from work. Imagine Americans with only 10 days annual holiday. Oh, boo-hoo. I'm not, I'm not mentioning oh, well, anything that, about... That's not an excuse, John. I'm not mentioning anything about points. We want to, I want to see the best race Okay, the best. Michael Burtz. I worry that this is a system will mean that most MOP age... What is, what's an MOP? Middle of the pack. Middle of the pack age groupers will never be able to participate in some of the iconic races. I've uh, come to terms with never getting to race in Kona without a lottery slot, but it would never be a shame to add three more additional races that I can never do either. John, you're, you're an elitist. That's your problem. Well, it's, it's supposed to be elite. It's a championship race, and no. I'm not saying you can't quali- you can't get in there. I'm saying that you know the field isn't going to fill with the fast athletes, so there's going to be plenty of opportunity you for, don't the, think so? for the middle of the pack. Based on your system? No, I don't think it's going to fill, not at all. You've got 2,000 people slots there. John, it may John you're an elitist. No, well, I don't mind him, but I don't mind being Warren elitist. Sutherland, just, my I'll, problem with that... Uh, with a lot of, of the, what the WTC have done to some of the historical races, e.g. New Zealand and Canada, is taking away the own legacy history value of some of these great events. They're both very local, extremely popular events, and WTC is not showing them the same love that these iconic races have shown for WTC over the last 25 years. What happens to these older races? Are they institutions and losing flavour or and these new regional events? Shouldn't these iconic races be the original champs rather than new events? That's where I said move it from year to year so you can keep encompassing okay, them. Okay, okay, Christy yeah. McKinley, I think this is a great idea. Oh, I'm not going to re- go. read the rest. I'm just, <laughs> no, I think it's a great idea. 
<laughs> so there you go. I've said it. She goes on about stand out. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Pros. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. James Botel, longest discussion of the week dis- uh, description. Maybe it should be called discussion of the week topic, as in week, as in your week. No, this is this is gold. All around, I think and the regional races qualifying events is good. I give uh, is to give more slots to incentive to a race against tougher competition. It's making age group races race more like pros, but race times and dedication by age groupers athletes are showing that the desire is there. I don't care what anybody says, it's a good idea. <laughs> so basically, basically, not- it's going to have one tweak. It's going to have the tweak is that you have the percentage rule instead of a X number of slots. So we just have to figure out a percentage. And I totally understand how some people say that you're better off keeping it in one location to build up a bit of history. You know, yes, say John. keep it in Melbourne, but at the same time. Um, or whether the, whether you want to move it around a bit to make it a bit fairer for those iconic races and fairer for those people that don't have to travel halfway across um, the continent to be able to race. Okay, so John, the iconic race discussion. Now, this is an interesting one. So you go to it, you go, okay, well, I'm New Zealand. What was, it was the second Ironman outside of America, wasn't it? Or Pretty was it? sure. It was, it was or Canada. Or it was one of the very – I think it might have been. Yeah, so us Kiwis, we were on the ball. Yeah. And the thing is, is you kind of go, well, you know what, we were one of the first races, it should be iconic, and you know maybe WC should be making more effort to make it keep it as an iconic race. But things evolve. Exactly. It's, you not know? Even, it's not even in the same location that it used to be. Yeah, and, and, and like as much as I love I mean, you see, if you look at any sporting event, if you look at like, I think in soccer, no, I can't really talk much about soccer, but um, FA Cup. Is not mm. a, is not the cup it used to be because other things have come along, the European Championships and all those type of events are uh, more prestigious now than maybe winning the FA Cup. Now, tell me if I'm wrong on that, but I think from the outside looking, in the, that's what's happened. They'd rather win the Champions League than the FA Cup. Yeah, totally. Whereas maybe in the 80s, the FA Cup was the pinnacle. And mm. sport evolves, and with that, different events are going to... You know, like Nice, you know, Nice mm. was in the 80s, other than Kona, the event to win, wasn't it? Yep. And so, you know, whereas Nice nowadays is just... Well, it's not really. Well, I mean, France really isn't it, but yeah. it's not not the same thing. And so, maybe, yeah, that's just the way the sports goes. And I can understand why, if you're a bit of a purist, that's a bit disappointing because some events, you know, kind of hold to your heart. But you know, that's just the way you move things move, isn't it, John? Yeah. So I'll, I'll be forwarding this on to WTC, saying I'll expect this to be introduced uh, next year. I actually, I much. actually expect a PR release. Yeah. Next week this time. Yes. Yeah. I, I, Jessica will send us through an email saying, "Look, we've got this new system. We've called it the John Newsom John Newsom system." There you go. I want to say. I did like the way that Ironman Melbourne named the trophies after previous legends. Yes. So if you won it, you got the Greg Welch male trophy mm-hmm. and McKaylee Jones female trophy. And I kind of like that. We don't do much of that to this point, have no, we? No, it's great. You know, if you win Kona, you don't get the, who was the, the captain? Collins. John, yeah, John, John Collins. Collins. Yeah, you don't get the John Collins trophy, do you? don't think so. You get the, you get the, the, the ring over there, don't you? you? Yeah, you get a ring, but you yeah. don't necessarily, there's no association with legend mm. a part of it whereas it's nice in Melbourne that they've actually you know Greg Welsh one of the greatest triathletes he's a legend it's funny you should say that Bevan <laughs> how about that and then you've got Michaeli Jones who's also one of the Australians you know legendary triathletes mm. it's nice that you know they now get recognised historically in a race that's pretty iconic John pretty iconic <laughs> <laughs> okay this week's discussion now Will Hoggard sent through this one and it's got uh, when you lose your mojo, basically, when you're training, what have you done to get your fitness back on track when the mojo has gone? There you go. Do you want to talk about this now or next week? Next week, because it's a listener contributing to this one. Well, yeah, people said your yeah, topics are getting weak. Last week was not weak. Last week was gold. Well, James, I just said it was weak. 
James Watt. He's the wise one. No, no. Um, he is. So, yeah, if you've just gone through a bit of a phase or if you've even, you know, you've done a race and you're not quite sure what to do next or you're midway through a build-up and you just, you know, I can't be arsed with this training. It's becoming too much of a drag. What have you done to get yourself out of Well, I think it's also that whole when you've been in the sport for a long time, Mm -hmm. you know, when you've been doing a sport for maybe more than five years and that, that initial buzz of, you know, it's the better me and I'm focused and I'm, you know, when you've actually learned all the tricks and maybe it's just just a habit Mm. you know like how do you find your mojo then or is it time to move on or you know what you've done yeah like because ultimately the sport should be making you be the best version of yourself and so if you're not doing that Mm. you know then how do you get that back john i've got a question for you yes what is tss that's what we're going to find out nice So trainingpeaks.com, this segment was brought to them, to you by them. them. Wow. Um, Use the code IAMTALK for 15% discount on any paid subscriptions. But even if you just want to go into Training Peaks and just set up a free account for um, tracking your training, please go through IAMTALK.me and click on the logo then. Then they know that you've been listening and you've heard about it from us. Exactly. Um, Exactly do it. So... Next week, I think it is, we're interviewing Hunter Allen. Great. Yeah, and he's always golden. And one of the areas we're really going to focus on a bit is um, TSS, um, which is training stress score, and also the, some of the performance management um, charts and stuff that you can use. It's a really good tool peaks. to figure out where you're at within your body so you can maybe rest strategies and all the rest of it. But the thing is with training picks, they've got all these great tools, and I imagine a lot of people who use them probably use 30% of them where there's probably another... Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know what? If we're thinking about what makes me to be the best athlete, information is king in some ways. Mm. And then, so then if information's good, or if you can understand higher level information, then you can make better decisions around your training and your, you know, your racing. And so Training Peaks have all these amazing tools. And so what we want to do is get Hunter Allen on so he can answer some questions so you have a better understanding around how to, you know, things like TSS. So we want to we want to target in on a few areas because we could ask, ask him about a million things. So we're going to f- focus on TSS and the associated things around that and also if you've got any um, questions around performance management charts on Training Peaks um, and perhaps any questions around key things to look at if you're using the WKO software. Some of you people listening to this might be going straight over your head, but um, that's what we're going to try to sort of cover with him next week. So again, use code IAMTALK, go to trainingpeaks.com, set yourself up an account. It's pretty pretty, pretty cheap. And you can understand what we're talking about. <coughs> Do it. Do it. Do it. Right. We're going to chuck in an interview with uh, Rachel Joyce now just to talk a bit about Ironman Melbourne from the weekend okay. where she finished second place. It's going to be a long show, John. Good. Because we're already up to 45 minutes. Okay, we've got two interviews to go and we're done. Oh, plus one question I want to answer. It's going to be a short interview with Rachel. We're not going to, we're not going to find out Rachel's life story. We know she's a lovely girl. We just want to find out a bit more about um, Ironman Melbourne. So, should we say you've got three minutes? Three minutes starting now. Your go. time starts now. Now. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's Rachel. Two days, two days ago. Well, let's, let's, first of all, let's clarify one thing, John. Okay. Joyce and Ada or Joyce and Tron? Joyce and Ada. Joyce yes. And yes, we're, we're better than blood. Katie, suck on that one. It's a, <laughs> Joyce, Joyce and Tron is gone now. So Rachel Joyce is on, uh, second at uh, Ironman Melbourne or Asia Pacific Championships. Well done. It looked like a, uh, a pretty good race for you. Um. Yeah, yeah. I was I was pleased. Um. I I got off to a, a good start on the swim and we what the way it worked was we were we set off two minutes after the the guys and um I, I knew I had a few girls on my feet but once we started mixing up with with the men I was kind of trying to move around a bit to try and get a bit of a gap on them mm. and it seemed to work um and then I kind of put a bit of a spurt on 
after about a K. Um, and I just wanted to to get that gap so I could get onto the bike and kind of find my own rhythm um, before, as I anticipated, Caroline came <laughs> past me. Um, I've, got, and, I've got a couple of questions about the swim. Um, yeah. Firstly, what's the deal with your breathing? Because I, I, just, I just saw a little bit. Of, <laughs> to, to start with, you couldn't see any of the any of the footage because it was uh, you got, it was pitch black. But secondly, you seem to breathe to one side. I can't remember which side, and then you'd swing your head around and you'd breathe to the other side with, within without taking a stroke. So what, what's going on there? Um, I don't do that on every stroke. Yeah. Um, but. Every now and again, I do that just because I, I, when I'm in the pool, I swim bilaterally. And so I find if I just swim to one side the entire time. Um, That's your hidden. Yeah. I, and I just, my, my left shoulder starts to ache. So it kind of balances out my stroke again. Yeah. John, she's a pretty mean swimmer. I don't think we can she, doubt her swimming ability. Yeah. And, and my second question is, and, and I said this earlier in the show, did they not have top-notch swim caps in that race? Because half the guys seemed to lose their caps, and yours was just inching further and further up your forehead and halfway across your head. I'm not sure if it quite stayed on there at the end or not. Yeah, I did have to. I mean, they were they were proper silicon hats, but I think actually the cheaper hats stick to your stay on better yeah because they, they were just mine was I spent a lot of time thinking I was going to lose the cap and I didn't want to lose my goggles because I wear contact lenses and then oh, okay yeah um I'm kind of in trouble for the rest of the race so I did kind of keep having to pull it down Rich, um, do you want to do you want it to be a lot more than two minute gap do you would you ever be more like a five minute gap between the guys and the girls yeah, it definitely, because I think the purpose of having a gap between the men and the women is t- to try and make it a separate race. Mm. And as you'll have gathered from the bike, it wasn't a separate race because, you know, I, I came out in front of uh, uh, the chasing pack of men. And then when I was on the bike, you know, after after Abu Dhabi, where I, I didn't ride very well or definitely not very well tactically because I lost contact with the lead women group, uh, women's group. I, you know, my tactic going into this was if, if Caroline came past me, I wasn't going to let her go for as long as possible. Hmm. Um, and she, when she came past, uh, the, the, the big group of guys came past at the same time. And so then there was no separation between the men's and women's group race at all so you need to have at least five minutes and maybe even 10 minutes to separate the two races i think mm-hmm. so in the, in the past it was almost like the the weakest swimmers got an advantage because the age group men would ride them up to help ride them up through the field whereas now mm-hmm. it almost seems like the better swimmers yourself and a few of the others actually got it was swung the other way where you got to ride with some of the 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 slower pro men is that how it sort of panned out um i think I mean, I, I think some of the slower swimmers did get mixed up with the age group men as well. So I mm. think that was happening. I, I don't. I didn't really take too much notice, to be honest. I, mm. what was obviously, I was aware of the gap that was growing between the chasing women, um, and we were riding. Carolina and I were riding completely legally. Mm. It's just because we had a referee with us the entire time, um, but. Of course, there's an advantage when you're... Yeah, of course. Well, if there's lots of people around you, you're going to ride faster. Yeah, yeah. It, yep. even with a 12-metre gap. Yep. 
So the to Caroline Stephen looked like she had the uh, the foot on the accelerator pretty hard. Was it uh, was it pretty fast riding? Yeah, it was really good fun because uh, it's not a dynamic I've really had in a race before. Because normally I'm either on my own or maybe with one other girl. Um, but there was a lot of surging, um, and so it wasn't like I was just like spinning my legs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was hard work, and I, I really had to work very hard t- to kind of stay in contact with Caroline for the first hundred kilometers and probably riding harder than I've ever ridden in an Ironman before. Um, definitely there were, unfortunately I didn't have my power meter on, but it would be, uh, very, would have been very interesting to see what my power got up to during those surges, because I know at points I was literally gritting my teeth and time trialing to, to, to stay where I was. And, you know, eventually the, the elastic snapped at about a hundred K and Caroline's, you know, we all know how strong she is on the bike. And I think she showed that. And I think probably a lot of guys, she showed a lot of guys in that front group that she was riding stronger than they were. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was good fun. And, um, you know, after a hundred K I was, I was basically on my own for the rest of the, of the bike route. Cool. And so talk, talk us through the, the run and, and sort of your overall impressions of, of the race. Um, the, well, the run was very unusual and it was a point-to-point run, which um, I was really looking forward to because it's mentally a much different. You, know, you have to approach it very, very differently to a looped course where you, you can kind of tick off, uh, the, rather than thinking of each K, you're kind of ticking off the laps. And plus you get an opportunity. It's easier to know where you are uh, with the other girls because, you know, for spotters especially, it's much easier just for them to be in one place and you get much more information. But um, I really enjoyed that format. Um, I I wasn't very happy with my run. For some reason, I just had a – after about 2K, I had a, a pain in my left foot so I kind of really had to adjust my running style to kind of try and take the pressure off um and so I think I can run much quicker than I did I'm, yep. I I don't think even if I'd had my best marathon though you know Caroline was running really strongly at the front um but the good thing about that was that my legs felt fine and I always knew that I wasn't going to to die in the marathon and I think I did an exactly even split I think I went through 21k in about 132 and then I did a 305 so it was it was pretty consistent pace there um and I knew we had a big gap on the on the 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 girls behind but I'm always pretty paranoid in a race and that you know when you've got someone like Rennie behind you you never know yeah you you can never be complacent about the gap so I, I was always you know, hoping that I could make some time up on Caroline, but I didn't. But I wanted to kind of run strong to kind of maintain my second position. And I had, like, one of my goals for this year was to go sub sub nine. So 
that was you another. You just incentive. managed to do it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it wasn't until about forty k that I kind of switched my watch over, and someone shouted at me that I was I was on for two uh, on for eight forty five pace. So then I was managed to find another gear just to try and push it home. <laughs> so what what do you think you're capable of running? You know, if you have a if you have a good run day, what do you on on a conditions like that? If you didn't have any foot pain, and if uh, obviously the bike was probably potentially a bit harder than normal, what do you think on a really good day you can run? Um, I think I can get well under three hours, but for now, you know, first of all, I need to go to sub three hours, but, um, just the signs and training and, uh, in Abu Dhabi when, you you know, I was running very well and it felt very comfortable. I think the signs are there that I can kind of, you know, two, I'm not going to put a limit on it because, yeah. uh, but I can get well under three hours on nice. on a good day. So, so you know, you, you've you've got a strong educate. Were you, were you a lawyer? Is that what you did before the world of triathlon? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So now you know you're consistently hitting hitting it out there in terms of your performances. You know, you're top five in the world the last two or three years in a, in a row in Kona. Um, you know, is it now, for, especially for a female, um, is it now making a, a good level of um, income in terms of relative to what you'd be doing if you were a lawyer? Yeah, I'd say now I'm actually it's becoming more comparable. I think last year was the first year, you know, I could say I was making a living from it. Yep. Um, and I, hopefully this year will be will be the same if I keep, you know, if I get some more good results. Mm. So, yeah, I, I don't have to, <laughs> to dig out my suits just yet to go back to the office. <laughs> Read up on some, um, some local laws. Hey, um... <laughs> Just on that front, you know, do you plan on doing any more Ironman races this year? Um, yeah, I'm other than doing, Kona, obviously. Um, um, yeah, Kona, and then um, I've got I'm doing Challenge Roth in oh, July. Great, great. So, Ooh, nice. Yeah, that's. Um, I've kind of I, I want to kind of do as many different races as I can, and Challenge Roth. I mean, Melbourne. I can't say. It it was an amazing event, and it was the first year it's been run, and it was it was on another level. To you know, they've really raised the bar of the whole Ironman experience. Oh, I mean, good. Expo, the the welcome show, and um, the the awards banquet last night. It's and then the event itself. It was, uh, yeah. It, I think everyone will kind of come away buzzing. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Um, I suppose, I suppose just one thing, you know, we always talk about the Chrissy factor. This year, the Chrissy factor is not really, it doesn't exist. So, you know, does that make you, motivate you even more? Um, no, no. I think, like, in all, my, my honest opinion is you, I really, one of the reasons I wanted to do Melbourne is because I really want to have a, I want to race the best people in the world. And so that was one of the things that I found quite exciting about Melbourne is that no Mm. one was ducking out of the strong competition. And, you know, you have to raise your game when you're racing uh, Marinda and Caroline and you've got Beck Keat. And I kind of, that makes me raise my game. And so I almost, you know, it's a shame that Chrissy's not not racing this year, although I completely understand what, you know, her reasons and... Mm. Um, but it's always nice to think 
that you're racing the the absolute best people in the world. And obviously Chrissy's the one that's being laying down the standard in the women's race. And what I think is good is that no one's thought, oh, well, Chrissy's not here. We, we can sit back on our laurels because we're still chasing the standards that she has set mm-hmm. you know, in Challenge Roth and in South Africa. And, you know, what Caroline did yeah. on, on Sunday, you know, she got so close to the uh, benchmark set down by, by Chrissy. Um, and I think everyone is kind of shifting their game still. They're still, although Chrissy's not racing, they're still chasing. Yeah, she set a new standard, and that's what. Yeah, great. Yeah. Oh, we'll look. We'll look forward to seeing you go eight, eighteen, and um, and rope then, and then set it, setting the new mark then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shut up, John. Before then. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, thanks so much for your time. As we just really wanted to get a. Can good I do my one more question? Thing? One more question. This okay. Good. One more question. Do, do, is it, do you love the fact that there now is another race other than Kona where you can compete? You know, like I know you kind of just answered that, but is it cool now that as a pro you have that next level more than just once? Yeah, no, I think it's uh, it's really good. And I think it's because last year there were 4,000 point races, but they never, in terms of the depth of field, they were the same as any other race. Yeah. So, it, you know, people were getting really good points even though it was a similar to a 2000 point race or a 1000 point race. And actually now it means we're actually going to those big point races and, you know, it's taken a year to that for that to happen. But sometimes these things just, it takes a little while for people to work out the system. And, um, I think people wanted to, I mean, you just look at what happened in the men's race. I can't wait to see the footage because that just sounded incredible. Um, mm. And that's what people want to see. And when it's in a major city, sporting city like Ironman Melbourne, that can only be a good thing for the sport. Mm-hmm. To see, you know, a real, real race of the best in the world. Rachel, you'll be happy to know we've just booked our tickets to Kona, and we had this. I'm sure this is no. no. Oh, you probably just forgot about your race, actually. We, we had this dilemma because our flight was leaving early. The flight home leaves early in the morning we either had to leave on Sunday afternoon or we had to wait a whole another day so you'd be happy to know that we'll be we'll be ready to party hard on Sunday partying night. hard uh, you know it's the right decision <laughs> you know I know John came to me and said we might not be able to go to the party I was like John what are you talking about <laughs> so we've ensured the party's happening yeah very cool. good <laughs> very good have a good uh, good re- next few months and we'll look forward to hearing about your results from road bring it on yeah Great. Thanks very much, guys. Hey, have an easy week. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. See, see you, bye. bye. He's a great chick, John. She is. Great quality. chick. Great. We haven't, we actually haven't even done an interview with Rachel yet. We're doing that. You guys have listened to it. Yeah. That's the magic of podcasting, John. <laughs> it's magic. You can do magic. magic. You can do anything that <laughs> you desire. Oh, oh man. You just, just nailed it. You think I've got no cultural oh, bones in my body. No, anything though. under after... Before the eighties, you were right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so sponsor uh, extreme endurance. Execute your training to the maximum with Tell the me about execute. It, John. So what is execute? Execute's basically a, a it's a fuel and lactate. Your uh, fuel and rebuild. It's basically a, a powder for for your drinks. You get and inside. It's got lactate to fuel your muscles, protein to re, to protect against muscle breakdown. Taking execute 70 to 90 minutes before exercise allows the blood lactate concentration to rise. Um, 
then I've lost my segue there, but this allows muscles to utilize lactate as energy fuel earlier and helps raise the lactic threshold. So, you, <coughs> excuse me, you're right. 20 grams of protein um, providing superior bioavailability, um, 1500 milligrams of lactate. Uh, so, basically, the deal is it's 39.95 for a good size container that's going to last you a good while and it's going to help you in your training. And in your recovery, just mix it in with your special extreme endurance bottle with a little the shaker thing, gizmo, it gizmo thingy in oh, it. I can't remember what it's called, John. And apparently, it's not that new. Oh, it really? Is for us. Oh, us Kiwis, remember? We just got TV. Exactly. Oh. So get your execute, go to extremeendurance.com. When I went to xendurance.eu, it looks like it is now available in the EU. Initially, it was only available in the States. Use the code I am talk, get yourself. Uh, Nice handy discount. Can't even remember the discount, but I'm sure it's good because we get discount. For, if you want to be a sponsor of our show, you go to you guys the discount. That's what we say, isn't it, John? Exactly. And you've got to decrease your muscle burn. That's right. Now, John, I've got a question for you around TV. Yes. Is there anything wrong with my TV? I can't see it from here. Over here. Look, over here. It's, 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 it's a little on the small side. A little old school. We've got a TV that's probably nearly around 20 years old. Mm. But, John, it works. I mean, everyone's coming around to the house going, you need to get a new TV. No, you don't. Thank no. you, John. We got we recently got a new TV. Yeah, and you were pretty happy with you because you got a deal, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. But, but it was it was seventy five percent of it was paid through a Christmas present money for my nice, parents. So we thought, nice. right, let's buy okay. something that's going to be that's nice. going to be good. If I had to go out and buy it myself, I wouldn't wouldn't have done it. Really? No. TV's TV, hey. It does make a nice difference. Oh, really? Mm. How, how big's your TV? Uh, f- good question. It's it's reasonable size. See the forty two or fifty inch. Fifty. Inch. Yes, yeah, I think mine's still twenty nine inch. Yeah, no, it's reasonable. My computer screen is just about as big as my TV screen. I'd say your computer's bigger than that. <laughs> my mine in my bedroom, my, my, my yeah. office. It probably it probably is actually, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I don't see the point, John, because we don't watch much TV. There you go. Yeah, we bought a new couch. There you go. That's what I would be investing better yes. money. Yes, and you know what? Because I, I, we went and bought the couch last weekend, and you know what the key was, John? Comfortability. Can you lie down on it? Yes, and cuddle up. Okay. Because in the couch we've got now, Joe bought some couches before her unit, and mm. it's a bit small for this place. We've got a bigger house in the unit, and they're quite narrow. You mm. can't cuddle up two people together, and you can't get your legs all the way out. Got to be able to get legs all the way out. I went in the store, and I just started jumping on every couch. I yeah. think Joe was a little bit embarrassed. Yes. But hey, they got their money in the end, so they were happy. And You I keep talking. I'll go have a lie down and see if it's no, any good. That one's, no, that one's not. That's, that's the old couch. Oh. Yeah. Oh, but when we get the new couch, you can do a couch update. I'll, I'll do the light, light, and, light and, and I don't even care about look because I always trust Joe will do the best look. But the couch is so comfortable, John. There you go. Be excited about three weeks. Three weeks. Up. Yep. Nice. Be excited. We can maybe do the show on the couch. Yeah. Lying down, facing each other. We could even cuddle up because it fits us. Yeah, ain't gonna happen. <laughs> but if you want to get your extreme endurance, go to xendurance.com. Use the code I am talk and get yourself some execute while you're there. Yeah, good. Okay, guys, we're going to an interview now with Felix. And now, for a while there, we've um, you know, we've had a bit of WTC on recently, and a lot's been happening with our challenge lately. And, and and to be honest, WTC seems to be turning the ship around in a good direction. And uh, and so people are now wondering, well, what's challenges kind of playing the game? Mm. So we thought, well, let's go to the source, and that's here, how we roll, John. And here is the source. What kind of source? Tomato. Tomato. <laughs> nice, Felix. You're our tomato source. Here we go. Okay, on today's show, we've got we're very happy to have said we're happy to have uh, Felix from friend of the show from the Challenge family on again. So welcome back to the show, Felix. Thank you very much. 
Hey, one of the things we've seen with um, some news coming out of Challenge is the fact you guys are going to be hosting the European Championships. So you've obviously built a bit of a relationship there with, with ETU and, and ITU. Yeah, look, we have uh, always worked very closely uh, with the federations and all the uh, uh, countries we have uh, challenge races. Uh, also here in Germany, we have hosted the German championships for six consecutive throws. Um, challenge Barcelona just has uh, won um, second year in a row, uh, best event of the year um, from the uh, Spanish Triathlon Federation. So we work a lot and very closely uh, with the federations. And uh, so we were asked uh, if we would like to uh, take over uh, the European Championship. So how's that going to work? Because, you know, say for a standard challenge race or, or, or any sort of iron distance race around the world, you, you're very much racing as a, an individual um, in most circumstances. So how does it go about in terms of if a race is full and you, you're going there to, to race for your country or you've been selected? So how, and will there be a separate race start for those athletes? Um, uh, we have uh, or we are in a transition year at the moment because um, both races Challenge Roth and Challenge Kreichgau uh, were sold uh, out long ago um, so um, it is a bit of a transition year but the um, European Triathlon Federation decided uh, they want to hire their profile and so they chose uh, to work with the two biggest races uh, over here in Europe and um, so uh, as I said it's a transition year we have had a lot of meetings uh, with uh, the ETU and the ITU, how to make it work. And uh, the aim was always to make it work uh, best for the athletes. And uh, so for this year, we just got confirmation today that the uh, uniform rule will um, uh, be not enforced. Mm -hmm. So the athletes are very happy to uh, wear the national um, uh, tricots and we uh, uh, actually encourage them to do so. Mm -hmm. But it will not be enforced because it cannot be uh, controlled. And um, we also got um, a great news for our athletes. Every European athlete with a start pass is automatically in the European Championship free of charge. Challenge Family takes over those charges for the athletes. Mm -hmm. They do not have to uh, qualify or to um, uh, re-enter uh, with uh, the their national federations for the championship. We've also allocated some additional slots for Roth and even some more for Kreichgau. Uh, that we have been uh, given to the European Triathlon Federation and they are now going to distribute it to their national federations. So, And, and how will that work in, in the following years? Though? Will you have a certain amount of slots for, for general entry for, say, for Road or Kretschka or, and then the, the other slots will be made up through a qualifying system via national federations or, or how do you envisage that working? Uh, look, we have um, signed a one-year deal with uh, the European Triathlon uh, Union only. Mm -hmm. um, there will be new elections now in Elad in Israel uh, in April. And uh, only after this, the ETU can decide uh, on that topic uh, because it looks like there's going to be a new president. Mm -hmm. And uh, until he's in uh, power and the new board is in power, um, uh, this uh, question has uh, had had to be delayed okay. and uh, so we are going to uh, fly to Ella as well we're having meetings there with the ETU and doing a presentation for the future and uh, we will uh, see how we can uh, work together for for the next uh, years 
Hey, uh, so, so you know, obviously the big topic everyone's on around challenge right now is the Keynes debacle. Um, you know, you guys had your challenge Keynes, which I imagine you invested a lot of money into last year and, and getting Mecca there and getting the race started and all the rest of it. And then with the transition with WTC and, and the people who are running the event for you, it's, it's been a little bit messy. So we thought we probably need to get you on the show just to get your side of the story on. So just want to kind of elaborate um, your thoughts. Yeah. Look, we've uh, invested a lot of time and money in Cairns, together with the city, um, uh, Queensland uh, uh, government, Queensland events, Queensland tourism. Uh, we've uh, put a lot of effort and uh, work into getting this event uh, off the ground. It has been uh, very, very successful last year. Um, the partner that we have uh, chosen uh, was USM Events with uh, Daryl Herbert. And um, uh, Daryl Herbert decided to sell um, his company, inclusive all his assets, to WTC. Um, it is uh, t- uh, for sure not uh, allowed to do so. There, um, there have been several points in the contract being broken. A uh, contract has been breached uh, by USM events, and um, we have then uh, received a, a call from uh, Andrew Messick, uh, from Ironman telling me that um, USM has been bought and uh, that uh, now uh, USM belongs to, to Ironman. And only after that, Daryl um, Herbert called me uh, to tell me the exactly uh, same thing. So uh, I've been shocked, I have to say, because uh, I always thought uh, Daryl Herbert and uh, USM events uh, are um, people that are, uh, have a lot of integrity. Uh, but uh, it uh, looks like uh, I have been wrong on that point. Um, I have invited both uh, Andrew Messick and Daryl Herbert to Nuremberg. So we had a meeting uh, uh, with my lawyer. We've presented uh, proposals towards uh, WTC and USM in how to solve this um, topic. And uh, all those um, propositions have been declined. Um, the only um, proposal that was coming from USM and uh, WTC was uh, that they would uh, honor the contract and run the race uh, for us under the um, uh, uh, with the challenge label, but under the WTC umbrella, which uh, for me is an absolute uh, no go. Um, uh, the, there might be a lot of people uh, who are only looking for money, uh, but this has never been the point for us uh, since the beginning beginning when we uh, started challenge and uh, you can buy a lot of things um, but you cannot buy integrity and uh, that was always our most important uh, point towards our athletes since we have began we always said okay we want to be honest with the athletes Uh, we need to be honest uh, with the athletes Uh, we propose uh, a product to our athletes that we stand for that we uh, believe uh, in ourselves and uh, we, um, with the new constellation, um, and uh, after what uh, USM has done to us, uh, we could have never trusted uh, USM anymore. And uh, uh, we wouldn't have had the, the real power anymore to, um, uh, to keep the promise that we have given with challenge to the athletes. And so uh, we have decided to cancel the um, contract. We're at this stage um, uh, taking legal actions um, against USM, and uh, that's the uh, point. So uh, it has been it has been a shock for us because uh, we would have never thought uh, that um, uh, Daryl Herbert and USM would uh, do something like that. Uh, but well, you live and learn. Yeah. So you know, 
the WTC sort of seem to be going down a path now where they're they're owning all their events rather than sort of having somebody run the events for them. Is that something that you will look at as challenge expands, or, or will you still sort of have it as a, a, sort of a, the moment where you have race directors in place running the event, and it's it's a bit more like a franchise system? Are you planning on changing that at all? Look, we have we are um, looking into every option actually. Uh, however, there are always positives and negatives to it. Uh, we have a team in the Challenge family um, where uh, we have really, really passionate uh, partners and uh, race directors. Uh, uh, all of them are triathletes themselves. Uh, they love the sport. They have their heart on the right place, and uh, they they do it for the athletes and. Uh, um, of course, there is a, a possibility that uh, Ironman comes and uh, with all that money of the private equity company uh, trying to uh, buy the races. Yes, there is. But uh, on the other side, uh, we have been contacted by a lot of Ironmans uh, and former organizers of Ironmans uh, that are now very, very unhappy that they had to sell it uh, to WTC and that they are not happy about um, their position they are into and forced to um, deliver things that they don't stand for. So both systems have their positives and their negatives, um, but uh, uh, we we always uh, having a look into the system and uh, seeing uh, what can be uh, made better. But uh, still, I do believe uh, that with uh, our team, um, uh, it is for the athlete uh, the better uh, system to run the races. So, if, if for the athletes out there who haven't done challenge races, um, you know, say if you compare either Wanaka and Taupo or Frankfurt and Rote, you know, what are the what are, what is the message you're trying to get across to people that the the difference is going to be in terms of uh, what the athlete's going to get from say doing a, an Ironman race, um, say Frankfurt versus Rote, you know, entry fee wise, um, whole experience wise, what are you trying to achieve? Look, the uh, entry fee, for example, because you just named it, uh, between Frankfurt and uh, Roth is nearly 200 euro cheaper. Yeah. But uh, what we uh, want to show the athletes that we have the best uh, price ratio out there um, by the quality of a lot of uh, little things as well. You know, the organization has to be top notch, um, but a lot of people can do that. So we need to um, uh, uh, set us uh, separate to, to other uh, events by all the little things uh, in and around it. Uh, if it's a really, really good uh, quality backpack, if it's the medals, the uh, multifunctional uh, finisher shirts, all those kind of things, the different pastas and uh, salads at the pasta party, uh, the program where we have uh, huge concerts with uh, 10,000 spectators on the Friday night um, uh, before the uh, race event. Um, the uh, all the different hotspots on the course where we have announcers and music going that draws the people. Uh, Roth last year had uh, more than 150,000 spectators, which is by far the biggest uh, number in the uh, Iron Distance Circuit. Mm. And uh, so we, we want to create an exceptional experience um, that the athletes uh, love, that the athletes want to come back to um, at a price that is um, a really, really good deal for what the athletes uh, get. Hmm. And we're not only targeting the athletes, but we're also targeting uh, the families and the wives and the kids of the athletes. We have junior challenges. We have fun runs. We have a lot of different things going on. 
And so we want to combine uh, a great event with a really great destination where not only the athlete, but the uh, uh, um, company of the athletes uh, really like and uh, want to, to go back. Mm. You know, like, you know, if we look to, you know, when you guys were in Ironman and then you had your problems and you turned into challenge. And, and to be honest, over the last kind of period of time, WTC have always had kind of a bad perception to the public. But it seems that Andrew Messick has started to turn that around a little bit. And, and the self the perception maybe of WTC seems to be improving. Um, for you, as their competition, does that worry you? And then, you know, how do you, what's your approach moving forward? Uh, look, it doesn't really worry me, I have to say. Um, uh, Andrew, um, and I have to say, I really uh, respect him uh, as a person. Um, I've met him now. Uh, uh, we have uh, uh, had some calls. He introduced himself um, when uh, he took over. Uh, so I have a, a lot of respect for Andrew. Uh, but uh, I think uh, it's, a, it's a very, very difficult mission that he's uh, in. Um, uh, Providence uh, needs to, to earn money. Um, uh, they have to satisfy uh, their uh, customers. And uh, it's a very, very tough job, you know. Um, uh, it's also, I think, a very tough thing. Uh, Thing to to combine sport with that huge uh, money, where uh, the sports need to deliver uh, the money. It is it is not easy for him. So um, I have a lot of respect for him, but I think um, by um, Providence being behind him, it will be very very difficult. And uh, I think the, in, in not too long future, uh, it's going to be sold and uh, everything then changes again. It's a uh, it's in a um, position now where. I think for the sport itself, uh, it's not that good uh, because uh, a lot of um, the uh, decisions are, are short, uh, short term um, because of the model that um, uh, is now behind. So what about um, challenge this year? Are we going to likely to see any new events um, coming up for the, for the 2012 year or are you looking more um, for 2013 at this stage? Look, uh, we have uh, always said that 2012 will be a transition year for us. Uh, we are at the moment working on new structures, on uh, a lot of new ideas. So by the middle uh, of the year, say July, August, there will be a lot of uh, new things coming. Uh, we are very excited about it, um, but we will not add another race. All right. So uh, we are um, we are doing a lot behind the scenes at the moment, working uh, very heavily on those uh, new projects. And then f uh, next year there will definitely be uh, new races. We are also, uh, and that's one of the um, really really positive things that uh, I was very happy. We received uh, hundreds of emails from Australia where uh, they said, "Good on you! Uh, you didn't uh, sell us. You didn't lie to us. You didn't pretend that this is a challenge race and it's organized by." WTC. So a lot of athletes dropped us really, really sweet emails and uh, Facebook was uh, full. Um, was amazing to see that. Mm. And of course, we are now also working on a replacement for cans in Australia. Nice. Hey, um, so uh, road's coming up soon. Or you, you're kind of planning all your road kind of stuff. Uh, looking forward to this year's race? Totally, totally. We had uh, the 10th uh, anniversary last year, which has been an absolute huge success. Uh, not only 
from the uh, sport of uh, Chrissy Wellington and Andreas Raylard, who both um, uh, took the new world records, uh, but also exceptional uh, achievements of so many athletes. And we're really, really uh, looking forward. Uh, the weather here in Germany is now really nice. We've been on the bike on the weekend. The bike course is packed. We had uh, people from Kiel, which is about 800 kilometers away, that came uh, for the weekend to train on the course, uh, to train with their new bike. So uh, we're really getting excited now. And uh, it's, it's time that the race uh, comes along. I'm sorry, is it hard, you know, because there's not just WGC, but there's a lot more races out there nowadays. And, you know, is it hard to still get there? Because I know you always really fight hard for a good profile in your races. Is it, is it getting harder as a race kind of organizer to get good profiles? Definitely, because there are more races in general. But um, I think, uh, especially with the new series is coming up, Ref3, uh, for example, in the United States, TriStar here in Europe as well, I do think that this is very, very good for the sport. As in every business, uh, competition is great and a monopoly is always um, lowering the uh, quality. So I do think it's good. And uh, it's also good for the pro athletes because they have a choice mm. and the mm. prices are going up. And um, uh, now is a lot of races here in Europe uh, from from Ironman are lower to twenty five thousand uh, US dollar. Uh, our uh, full distance races all have fifty thousand euro, which is a huge difference, you know. Mm. And uh, it's good for the sport. It's good for the athletes, and not only the pro athletes, but especially the age group athletes as well, because everyone has to try really hard. And I do think for the sport, this is a very very healthy development, and uh, everyone has to. Um, uh, to get better and uh, to offer more. So uh, we're prepared for that. We we always uh, lift uh, in that philosophy. And uh, yeah, it's it's a good thing for the sport. Nice. Yeah. Bevan and I always love coming to challenge events. We were down, I was down in Challenge Wanaka this year. And I guess that's one thing that, that I always notice sits... You know, a lot of your races apart is uh, in terms of the the venues. You know, Wanaka is just a beautiful place to race, um, and and I know that's you pick funny. a lot, and that's why I know you picked um, Cairns for one of your races as well, is because um, you know stunning bike course along the coastline there, and I know that's one of the things that you try to set yourself apart from. So um, yeah, we look forward to hearing some more news during the year. Bevan's got one more question: How's your training going? Yes. <laughs> Should be much more at the moment, but uh, I have to I have to admit I uh, since uh, six years I was able to spend two weeks uh, holiday in a row after Wanaka, so that was absolutely brilliant. Nice. Um, uh, our organizer from Kreisgau uh, was down there as well. We hired a camper and drove from the uh, 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 southern tip of the South Island to the northern tip of the North Island oh, wow. uh, within two weeks. Well, was absolutely brilliant. Uh, we always uh, slept on the beach or something. Went for a swim nice. in the morning. Went for a run. So when I came back from uh, New Zealand, I was uh, much more healthy and fit than <laughs> when I went there. And uh, so I kept on uh, training after after I've uh, come back here. I have a beautiful uh, Dalmatian dog. Uh, he's a really really good runner. Yeah. So whenever I go running, uh, I take him with me. When I go on the mountain bike, uh, he runs with me for 30K. So he's very, very trained, actually. Wow. And uh, once uh, someone appears, um, uh, he's uh, even swimming with me in the uh, Roth Lake. Nice. So, uh, you got a good training uh, buddy. Uh, definitely so, definitely so. <laughs> 24-7, he's around. So when I uh, get up early at 4 o'clock uh, for a run, uh, he's a bit sleepy, but then he decides to, to come with me. So he keeps me he keeps me fit. That's great. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for your time, Felix. We know it's uh, it's getting late into the night for you. So um, and you're a busy man. So yeah. we really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for coming on no again. No worries.
Thanks so much for calling. Take care and all the best. See you around. Yeah. Okay, mate. See ya. Thanks. Thanks for your time, Bye. Felix. Yeah. Thoughts, John? Uh, it's got a whole lot tougher for, for challenge with, with WTC raising the game because they always had a good point of difference. Well, they were kind of like the underdog, weren't they? And because mm. WTC always were kind of like the big bad brother, you know, you kind of always thought, yeah, well, let's support challenge because the underdog, whereas now WTC are turning their boat around to the, hey, I'm your mate as well. And so mm. it does if, if anything, it changes the perception. Mm. So. Totally. But, um, yeah, as I said, I think the thing with challenge races is often but one of their big point of differences for me is they, they choose really nice scenic courses. And if that's your, what you're after. Oh, and, and let's be honest, they do great races. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like they, they put on amazing races. So, you know what, as Felix was saying in the interview, it's great for athletes. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, it's great for pros. More money's getting out there for pros. Now we can see pros making a better living, mm-hmm. um, as Rachel was saying earlier, although she's high level. But um, And also it's great for events because events have to sharpen up. And if mm-hmm. you want to be better, you've got to do those better, smaller things better. And, you know, for us athletes, that's what we want, isn't it? And for those of you who complain about entry fees, their point of difference as well is their entry fees are lower than WTC ones. Do you want to do a sponsor now? Um, be last I'm, I'm, I've lost track of how the show's structured at the moment I think we'll go sponsor and then we'll okay. do your question okay. sponsor. sponsor so this weekend we've got the Galveston Texas 70.3 which to be honest I'm sure it sold out as soon as everyone found out the Lance Factor was coming Yes, this week in Lance he's racing this week Yes, but you might like to know and uh, so we went on Athlinks and we said well who in our community are going to be doing the Galveston 70.3 Eloy Gonzalez Jeez, I hope you're listening to the show that's a good name that's Gonzalez. a great name he actually lives in Fort Worth in yes. uh, Texas USA we've also got Mary Austin she probably lives in Austin Texas she lives in Houston Texas oh, no, but, but, but close by yeah. uh, and whoops I've and whoops. whoops whoops is racing whoops is targeting a, a sub 4, uh, sub four nice. 3.46 is it a fast race uh, don't know but well, I'm sure it will be. We'll find out. I'm sure they'll go sub four. What do you reckon that's going to do this weekend? Um, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. I don't think he'll perform as well as what he did in Panama. That's just my gut feeling. I think he'll perform Where well. Where does that come from, John? Just my gut feeling. Yeah, but why? Why are you basing that on? Um, I don't know. He just, he had an ama- it looked like he had an amazing day there. So I, I think Ray Little will take it, take him down. I don't think he'll, maybe, maybe he won't run quite as well. I don't know, just get this feeling. I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he wins it again, but. Who well, isn't actually won in a try to yet. But my, my gut <laughs> feeling is he won't well, do quite as well. Okay. But hey. I'll tell you who will. Wayne Hickey. Wayne Hickey. Hick- Hickley? No, just Hickey. Hickey. Yeah. He, I wonder if Hickey means the same thing in America. I think it probably does. Hickey from Kentucky, wasn't it? Wasn't it yeah, Paris? true. Nice. <laughs> Your pop culture is on fire today, mate. <laughs> Jeff Hill, now Jeff Hill was predicted to go as forty, be in the forty-four point fourth percentile of his uh, his age group because they've got the RPI indicator on Athlinks, which predicts where you finish within your age group. Well, he's hoping to do a, 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 a five fifty. So to be honest, he's obviously not in sharp form right now because his PB is a five two three, and his average is a five three eight, and he's planning for a five fifty. So I'm thinking he's just had a kid Tra- or a training day. Yep, George. Buffington, nice. Nice. Buffy. A good old Colin Colrain, he's aiming to go 455 and his PB's a 545. So he's looking to turn a big step forward. Nice. So if you want to get yourself mentioned on, on the show, you know, basically all the deal is you go into Athlinks, you, you click on the event 
button up the top, you type in your event year that's coming up. Um, if it's not there, you create the event on there and then you just put it into your diary and then your name gets put on there. You might get read out in the show and you might, can also put a bit of smackdown talk, put your times out there that you think you want to do um, and put in some little goals. And what's great is, if, is as you're looking at these people here, you can actually see how many races they've done as well or they've put into athletes. So Mary Nelson, she's uh, she's uh, 54 from Houston, mm-hmm. Texas in the US of A. She's a female. Mm-hmm. So you may not have known that, go. John. Yes. Because it's Mary of two R's as in Merry Christmas. Right. Yeah, it's not M-A-R-Y, it's M-E-R-R-Y. Interesting. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, she's uh, she's going for a 514. That's, nice. That's how far she wants to go, but she's putting 70 races on Athlinks. Nice. Somebody else here had like 132 or something. Who was that? Oh, somebody. Good. 127, Jeff Hill. Nice Jeff, work. You rock the party. So Athlinks.com. Check it out, guys. Put it on there. Get all your results. They're there forever. When 20 years from now, when you're trying to tell someone how great you were, you can say, look on Athlinks. I yeah. actually was. Nice. Okay, guys. So questions mm. and answers. John. Or singular question and answer. This is a topic I love. Please don't use my name on here if you read this. Okay. Should I read it? You answer. Just started listening to your podcast a few months ago. I really enjoyed it. My whole family, wife, two daughters, and one son enjoy participating in triathlon. My son is 12 years old and has been doing triathlons and duathlons since he was eight years old. He has participated in over 60 kids triathlons and adult sprint tries. Last year, he won the U.S. National Championships for his age of 11 to 12-year-old boys. He's an excellent cyclist, a good runner, and an above-average swimmer. This year, he turns 13. He transitions into draft legal racing. He has participated on a competitive swim team for the past year, and his swimming has improved. Can you give us some advice on race preparation and strategy for draft legal racings beside the obvious improve your swim? As a follow-up question, since he is an excellent cyclist for his age, recently did a functional threshold power test for 20 minutes on average 206 watts, and he only weighs 45 kgs. It's not bad, is it? Mm. And uh, basically his watt per kg was 4.5. At what age should we consider possibly going to youth development cycle route if draft league and site trainers, oh, sorry, triathlon doesn't work out? Really appreciate your advice. My son loves triathlon and cycling and is a way better athlete than I ever was, so I definitely want to support him to be the best he can be. Got computer issues here, Bevan. My computer's not playing. Okay, well, you've no, no, I've got it. I've got it. Um, if, it's an interesting one. I think, firstly, the fact that you've got um, draft legal races at the age of thirteen in the states is um, a good thing. Well, it's it's um, it's quite advanced. You know, we our juniors in New Zealand don't get any of that action. Um, so, so, so okay. So, but, what, why is it a good thing? Well, it's good and bad because I think you, you'll. Um, some of this advice here is more a bit based off ITU level, where I think at that age you're still going to get things very spread out, and you could potentially, um, <clears throat> yeah, you can potentially have the weakest swimmers still riding through the field and, and doing well. Yep. Whereas that just won't happen at a, at a high level, at a, a sort of a under 19, under 23, and elite level. That's just not going to happen. If you have a bad swim, it's usually game over, over in your history. So this is a really hard question because it's it's. It's at that real kind of vulnerable age, isn't it? You know, like 16, 18, you know, that's a bit different. You know, you okay, you're, now you're a pro. Whereas now we, you want to kind of cotton wool them through these next few years, don't you? Well, and it's an interesting time. We don't have a lot of um, um, anecdotal evidence to say, hey, you know, you should be a full-time triathlete from the age of 10, 11, 12. Yep. Um, in the past, as you probably heard me say before, is most people have specialised fairly late. You know, they might start specialising in triathlon when they're, 17, 18, 19 and beyond. 
and could have been doing a variety of things before that. But but the, the things are changing, you know. The, the, the world champions now, the Brownleys and stuff, they're, yeah. they're, they're young and people are starting earlier and earlier. But I still think that, that a lot of them um, have not been doing triathlon as a full-time sport from an, from an age such as this, sort of around the 11 to 12-year-old but then the question comes: If we, if the sport was more developed as a whole, and kids were doing it that way, would the the high level athlete now be? You know, let's say fifteen mm. years ago, kids we were brought up doing triathlon. You know, every weekend going to races and doing draft legal races. You know, would the level of pro be higher now because of that? I think it's interesting because you can't. I don't encourage kids to be doing a massive amount of running at that young age. You know, running is something you can pick up, and we tend to focus more on skill development, technique development, and and having a bit of fun rather than doing too much hardcore training. Um, and I, th- I think the key thing is is if you've got to try. If, if you, I don't think this isn't, isn't going to change. If you want to be good at Olympic distance triathlon, you've got to be a good swimmer, yep. and uh, and that's becoming more and more important. Having said that, you know guys like Bevan Doherty and Chris Gemmell, they're able to to, to come on. out. They're able to the current standard. They're able to still come out and, and do fairly well in the swims. Bevan's sometimes a bit iffy, but Gemmell, you know, he's still coming out close to the lead in the swim, and he does not come from a swimming background, a highly competitive swimming background. So you don't want to write people off and say, if you didn't swim as a kid, you haven't got a chance, but it's, it takes a bit longer. They've been full-time athletes for, you know, um, since around about 96, 97. Mm-hmm. So it took them a long time. So the best advantage you can give your kid is to, is to, to get them into a swim program, keep them there. I'd encourage most kids probably not to be doing triathlon 12 months a year um, during the off season doing some slightly different sports you know I'd say mountain biking would be a great one to do because that's really good at developing your skills and it's um, and it's just a bit more fun for them a lot of the time and uh, so I'd just be wary of, of doing triathlon 12 months a year. What about the risk factor of mountain biking? Yeah yeah there is there is that as well but I'd, I, I still think probably the risk is is worth it in terms of skill development okay. so I think that would be my first point is, is uh, being wary at that age of doing it 12 months a year I'd encourage any kids that are, that are remotely serious about getting involved in triathlon to a reasonable degree is to get them into a, into a decent swim program and, uh, and I'd t- take it pretty easy on the running you know they'll get enough hard running during the summer months just through their racing that'll, that'll be fine for them and try to instill on them that it is a, an endurance sport and that endurance is, is a critical part of it rather than constantly racing that's an issue we have um, here in Christchurch with a lot of our kids you know they do do lots of different sports but they're racing 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 you know in one week they might be doing a uh, they might have a be racing for their school for for for, for cycling. They might be um, doing a triathlon at the weekend or a running race, and then they might be on their run team. So they'll be doing maybe two hard runs, and then they'll be thinking, "Well, I've got to go to bike training as well." Doing two hard bikes, and they end up doing you know Burn maximal efforts yeah. you know every day of the week. So I think that's really important to try to avoid too much racing and making sure you keep the fun in there. In terms of um, giving advice around short course racing in a drafting situation um, the start is obviously critical and so I think that's another fun way you can get kids um, to be thinking about the sport in a bit more detail is is if, the, if you're doing a session with a group of kids we, we have a lot of fun doing this just doing lots of mass starts and really teaching them how to be quick through the water in terms of um, duck diving and diving through the water pontoon starts are really important learning how to be confident diving off a pontoon which are often really really high you know if you go into a, a really good 
proper style Olympic swim dive block at a pool, they're pretty high. Pontoons are often even higher than that. So te- they love kids love jumping and diving and running through the water. So I think um, the starts are absolutely critical. You balls it up, you might lose 10, 15 seconds. You're two thirds of the way down the bunch. Um, Another thing that I really have to instill in, in the, the, the high-performance athletes that I work with is making sure that you don't become complacent in the swim. Um, so if you're in a, in a decent-sized group um, late in the swim, it's often easy. You know, in an Ironman, we'd probably just settle and just go, sweet, you know, I'm just going to keep swimming here. I'll come out of the water with these guys and, and we'll, we'll settle into a bit of a group on the bike. It's absolutely critical that in the latter stages of swim, and you'll see the good swimmers do this, is trying to move through the pack as much as they can. So you're coming out towards the front of the pack, and that might might give you a little five second buffer on the person who's at the, the back of the pack and that can be the difference between making the bike group or not. So I think that's um, another really important one. Um, with the swimming side of things, um, so I think some kids give it away a little bit too early if they think they can't make it. It's often in the mid to later teens that they can really start, as they start to bulk up, that they can really start to make some some big gains in their swimming. So I don't think you necessarily need to be um, a high perf- high volume high performance level swimmer at a really young age you know you you look at like Ian Thorpe and Hackett and all those sort of guys they were probably swimming full time when they were like 9, 10 I think the main thing is is to get the fundamentals in there at an earlier age don't get them too beat up about swimming you know 10k's a day 6 days a week um, but get them in in a swim program in terms of bike racing for for Olympic distance um, you know, ITU style drafting. What I think a lot of people may be listening who who have never done one of these before. You know, you think, oh, they just cruise around in a in a, in a pack and stuff. The first few k's of the bike race uh, in a triathlon are full noise. That is full on. You're basically getting on the bike, and generally my instructions to my guys that are, that are quite strong on the bike is you basically get on the bike and you go as hard as you can, and you try to thin out that bunch as much as you possibly can. So. If your son's a, you know, a really strong cyclist and if he's coming out in a group, that's what he wants to be doing is getting on that group and eliminating as many people from the race as he possibly can um, in the early stages. Um, if you're a weaker cyclist on the, the other side of that, the flip side, so you're a weaker cyclist, you've got to be prepared for that and work on your weaknesses and you've got to hang on for dear life and not be sitting at the back of the bunch. That's the worst place. Anybody who's done any bike racing will know the worst place to be sitting is the back of the bunch. You'll just get spat off on every corner or every U-turn. So positioning is, is really important and, and playing to your strengths. And if you've got a weakness, making sure that, that, that you work on that because at a, at a high level, the first few k's of the ride is really, really full on, and uh, and that's where you can get easily get eliminated from the race. My advice around the running side of things. Um, well, what's that big thing flying past me, Bevan? It's um, big God. moth or something. <laughs> um, the race, as I meant, the run, as, as I mentioned, I think over racing kids is is a really dangerous thing to to do, and and I'd really encourage you to work much more on on leg speed, doing stride work rather than looking at doing long intervals, doing drill work, working on technique. Um, we've recently been just doing a bit of video work with our kids. You know, obviously we know about doing that with adults, but they actually loved that interaction and, and seeing themselves. So you know, I'd really encourage you to do a bit of that. And um, you know, when you look at the what the Brownleys and stuff did when they were kids you know they did a huge amount of sort of fell running and and orienteering and 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 so just keeping it a bit different but they're still really working on building that big endurance base and and keeping it interesting for them so uh i think yeah my main advice would be to hold them back a bit 
um, do triathlons during the summer, have a bit of variety during winter, try to spice it up a little bit. But at the main time, still at that age, it still should be um, very much fun-based and, and the harder course stuff, you know, probably just need to hold off that a little bit. I think just just lastly as well is to make sure they're social in it as well. You know, mm-hmm. particularly, um, you know, hopefully the tri-club, local tri-club, that they can have kids around to hang out with it and even just give them social. Because you see it with swimming kids. Swimming kids, you know, they get to 15, 16 and they just want to hang out with their mates. You know, they're sick of swimming so much all the time and, you know, if they're doing swim bike run as a kid, you know, you oh, you got to be careful because kids are going to have needs outside of sport as well and if it's just all sport all the time and there's no social connection, there's a risk that they may fall away from the sport. So, but it's, but it's a hard balancing act. If they want to be the best, yeah, you've got to sacrifice in certain areas. Um, yeah, but when you're ten and twelve, you know, you you still want to. I don't know. You, you've got to make sure that you know there's a bit of a balance. Like obviously there's, they're going to be unbalanced, mm. but you still got to make sure within that you're kind of leading the fact that they're having social within that. Mm. Like I don't know about the social clubs within sports teams and stuff like that, but if you if you're getting a kid who aren't spending any time with their friends, eventually it's going to hurt sport. Mm. You know, so because it's an important part of life, so it's uh, my two cents. There you go. You like that? Interesting times ahead. Okay, guys, the sponsors. Athlinks.com. Uh, tell us your race. Coffees of Hawaii. Get some tea. Yes. <laughs> and extreme endurance. Uh, what was it called? Execute. Execute the bugger. Yes. Yes, John, what you got? That would be a good one to get on your top. Go okay. on your racing top, you know. Use, that's a good like somebody somebody go to, to extreme endurance come up with that it's a little tip of the day well, execute the so, somehow somehow inter, in, integrate that into a tri suit of saying that I'm going to execute you or something okay, like that nice. and, uh, yeah, no because then you always look like a cock mm. you know what I mean when you get that person who has that thing on their t-shirt saying that's like true. I'm going to dominate you and you kind of go uh, yeah you're an idiot it's <laughs> <laughs> true I'm sorry if you're the person who's done that and you're listening to this right now but it was a bit of an idiotic thing <laughs> unless you're the world champ Yes. You, when you're world champ, you can kind of be a bit cocky, but then by then you're just going to be humble. But you know, if you're world champ, you know you can do that. But if, unless you are dominating everyone in the race, mm. don't wear a t-shirt saying you're going to dominate everyone. Be even exciting times for you back in the in the in, into the CBD into town. Is it next yeah, week? Yeah, back in the gym this week. Yep, this this Friday. Yes, it's yeah. all official. Everything's been opened yep, up. It's, it's happening. Yep, it's a hundred percenter. Nice. Yep. Good. That's, that's not really that exciting. It's just another gym. No. 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 No, but what is exciting, John, is my 5K race I had on the weekend. Yes, tell us about your 5K race. So, John, we had a five. I had my coach's training day. So we try to upskill our coaches pretty much every six months. And so we have a coach's training day where we go through upskilling and stuff. And and as a part of it, we always like to challenge them because we think it's important that as leaders, you need to be challenged as well. So we had a, a, a handicap 5K race. And how did you come up with your handicap? Well, what we did is we didn't tell them they were doing the 5K race. Mm. So in the intro to the day, you had to do, you know, what's your name? Um, why you love running? Why you help, help? Why you love helping people? And what do you think you'll be your current five k time? Mm. You know, based on right now. And they didn't know they were going to be doing five k race twenty minutes later. Mm. So they went, "Oh yeah, I could talk themselves up too." It was great. Dave yeah. Dwan was here. Yeah, he uh, he talked he talked to uh, sub twenty. He goes, "Yeah, I could do a sub 20 So he said, "Cause he did a he, he, yeah, he was talking it up." So we all talked it up a little bit. And then I said, "We're doing a five k race." What did you What did you estimate? I said about seventeen twenty. Oh, based on me right now, I haven't ran. Oh, you'd be able to the last time between. I went for a run was oh, probably be three um, two months ago. No, and and I haven't been running that. consistently. Yeah. So, so then what happened was we all went off, mm. and off we went, and, and and so I live on a hill. How high would this hill be? Where I am um, now, 150 meter elevation. Okay, from zero to 150. Yeah, and from bottom from Hackthorn to the bottom to here is about a k and a half, two k's. Yeah. 
for, for um, probably not that far, but yeah, yeah, ballpark. Yeah, ballpark. So you pretty much start the race going straight downhill. And this is a ten percent gradient, basically. Yeah. So the average. Ra- we did a bit of five minute warm up, and then everyone took off down the bottom hill. Bang! And I just thought, well, if I'm going to win this thing, my best chance is just to blitz myself on the way down. Mm. So I leaned into it. I was road runner legs down that hill, posture up and swinging my arms around like crazy. I made some good ground on the way because I saw some of the people in front of me as I came around. Came around the corner, past Dave Twan. Love it. <laughs> he goes to me afterwards, what was my form like? And I was like, mate, did you hear me? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't checking out his form. But anyway, so then went around the bottom of the hill, about, probably about K and a half, no, probably about two and a half Ks at the bottom of the hill. Mm. And then we had to run back up the hill to nice. the top. Yeah, and I was suffering, John. I was in mm. Never Never Land. Mm. But there was one more guy, Aaron, was in front of me, and I could see him up in the distance. So you did an epic camp-style race. You rigged it so I you could didn't. win. There I you was go. honest. I honestly thought, right now, because the last time I did the 5K time trial was before I did the Christchurch Half Marathon. Yeah. And and that day, I only did like a 16.50. Mm. And and that was when I was running a little bit. So mm. I kind of figured 17.20 is probably about right. Saw him up in front of me. I was in hurt world, but, but I could see I was catching. But I was kind of you, you know when you're in that race where you you're close enough to catch him, but also not close enough to catch him. Kind mm-hmm. of the perfect place to be in pain. So I thought, oh, I'm not going to get there. I thought, okay, just focus on process. Knees up, high turnover, and all the posture, blah blah blah. Slowly started catching him. Got him in the air, John. Rigged. It isn't. Rigged. End up doing seventeen <laughs> forty on an up down course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seventeen twenty. Not happening. Accurate. It was accurate yeah. too. Five. It's like my thirty-six minute call for my ten k the other day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I have to say, I haven't I haven't ran that hard in a while because most of the running I do is if I don't run that hard. You know what I mean? Like it's just like mm. I'm not really going hardcore for anything. Man, I was in a world of hurt at the end. It's, but it's so good for you. Yes. Hey, like it is. Like as much as I'm in so much pain even today, and this is Tuesday and dinner on Saturday. Um, it's just so good to go to that place. I love it. I love it when you go to that place where you just. Never, never land and doubting yourself and can I hold it? I love that place. So, did you beat Joe? She didn't run because she's not a coach. She's an admin. Yeah, I, I won, John. If that had been Joe up in front of you, would you have taken her down or would you just go yeah. give her the? Joe's funny, really, because Joe's not not a competitive soul. Yeah, no, she's not. She's really not. Like we like one day for our groups because Joe always runs with the group. And Joe's a good little runner. She's like a I think she's done like a one thirty four for a half. So she's mm-hmm. a good little runner. And um, we had a, a race day one day with one of the, all the running groups and her and this other girl were coming in together and someone goes, oh, would Joe be able to beat her? And, and I said, even if Joe would, she wouldn't try. <laughs> and she's just, not like, she's just not like that as a character. She just, she was quite happy. And, and to be honest, I think she probably could have beaten this girl that day, but the girl, other girl kind of got the sprint at the end and you could tell Joe wasn't really going for it. It's just her way, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny, it's foreign to us, isn't it? It's very foreign. Yeah, it's totally winks. If I don't win... <laughs> And Thomas is exactly the same, man. He is. He throws the ball up in the air. Really? No, I won. I won. Just throws it away. I won. Do you have to do the whole, we're not going to play the game anymore if you act like this? Oh, every, everything about him is just full on. Seatbelt race, get in the car. I won, I won. No, you didn't. I put my seatbelt on first. No, I won. You're I, grounded. I, I, You're grounded. Okay, it was a tie. <laughs> we'll on tie. No. So, so what's your gossip? Um... Got behavioural issues with, uh, oh, with our daughter. Oh. Yeah, with Belinda, yes, with Belinda as well. <laughs> What's the issue? She's just she's she's, she's, no. she's switched from being. How old is she now? She's just t- turning three this week. She had oh. a birthday party yesterday um, or Sunday. So, what's the behavioural issue, John? She's just gone from being perfect little princess. Really, she was a good kid. Hitting people over the head with things. Oh no! Um, just so she's the embarrassing child too now, eh? When you're oh. out and about. 
Oh, it's, it's not my child. It so how do you just, stop that? Well, we're trying to work on strategies at the moment. We had a bit of a strategy meeting last night. Nice strategy. The, the laundry's going to come into action again. <laughs> no, I, I had a friend. No, I had a friend who their, their child, you know, kids all go through these stages, and and their child was going through this middle of the night stage, and it was just being horrible in the middle of the night. So they locked her in the carriage. <laughs> Oh, I totally empathise with that. Knocked her in the carriage. It's just bawling her eyes out. Are you going to be good? I promise. They brought her back in, and yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, it's challenging times ahead. I love that about parenting. Like Tyler's actually, it's interesting because most people say teenage years are the hardest. And to be honest, Tyler's just in this year's. She's always been a pretty good kid, but she's turned into a really great kid, and she's been really great recently, which is good. But. I, I love it, you know, what they bring out of you. you know? <laughs> Throttle them. Throttle the kids. <laughs> Seriously. I remember once, because I think I once hit Tyler, because yeah. I'm not really into the hitting thing, and, and I once hit her, and, and even like 10 years later, I remember that time you hit me. But oh. one time, I was so upset with her, I was so angry, and I knew I wasn't going to hit her, so I just sat on her. <laughs> so, so, yeah, kids, uh. eh? Good times. So anyway, we're going to go. What was your strategy? Well, we're going to try. We've, we've used the laundry effectively before. Yeah. And you go. She's three. Got to be in the laundry for three minutes. So. Uh, oh, nice. We'll see how that goes. I'll give you an update in a couple of I weeks. Can't wait to hear. Yes. Yeah, so, no, that's my big issue at the moment. Okay. I don't I'm, really have any big issues. You don't so. have any rust. No. So okay. Iron rust. I mean, don't train hard. Train smart. Kick hard.